Out in the purple world Video dreams mean something We're in the purple world We don't need nothing
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vibrant tonight with my buddy, Keith Gladys. Gladys? Gladys, right? Gladys, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just that extra Z that threw me off for a second. It's a, I know, it's a silent Z. <laughs> but you guys can also call this guy Diet Kong or, dare I say, Flaccid Dick. That. Or maybe yeah, you don't want to identify too. as Flaccid. I think the whole point was identifying him. So I got to <laughs> roll with it. I got to accept it. <laughs> so good. So good. But right on. Let's just uh, back up a second. And for anybody who hasn't been around since 2019 on my channel, you might not have caught the first time I talked to Keith, where we got into a very deep story of how Lyme disease changed his life. And he found the tools for balancing his mind and body through Eastern practices, herbalism and Qigong and meditation, of course. We're not here to rehash that story, but what's amazing to me is to see that two years down the road, our boy Keith is totally crushing, making music, clowning the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Seems yeah, clearer yeah. and uh, shinier than ever. I listened to our previous episode earlier today, and it was really something special. I think people would get a lot out of it. So anyway, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. Um, you know, it was that's the last time we spoke two years ago, and it was um, for me to even be able to do the podcast at that point was um, a positive step, you know, to be healthy enough. So <clears throat> just, I was just reflecting on it before I was doing this with you today. And I was like, oh, I don't even think about Lyme anymore. So I've come that far with it that I'm happy to say it's not even really in my mind anymore. So um, cheers to that. Right, right. And I actually remember from that conversation at one point you said, you know, this is something I'll live with forever, but look at you now not yeah. thinking about it is yeah. basically I mean, like and, you're not living with it. Yeah. I, you know, will probably be there in a sense, but yes, that, that is true. Yeah. So it's a, a, a crazy improvement. So I'm super happy about that. And I feel, yeah, totally blessed. So. Well, I'm going to stop into the chatters and say hi to everybody. Stella Moon, Sunseed, Illuminati, Slick Dissident, <laughs> Jim from Weaving Spiders. And that's just over in YouTube. And who else we got? Uh, Kelsey, Kat, Corinne, Gordy over on Rockfin. There's actually more people walking, watching on Rockfin than anywhere else, which I think is pretty cool. I appreciate that support since they're the only one of the four locations we're streaming to right now that lets me monetize. <laughs> Too much thought yeah. crime everywhere else, I guess. <clears throat> but hey, man, how's your uh, clown world been since... We talked last. I mean, <laughs> my clown world. Yeah. I live in it. That's what I live in. Yeah, I'm either serious or not at all. There's not much uh, in between. Yeah, it's funny. Well, you know, it was cool that you played that video. Um, you opened with that, the purple world one, because at that point I was like, I want a wig or something because I've been bald forever. And I was like, I, I want a different visual. So that was the beginning of the character that became Flaccid Dick. Um, I just started wearing that just for the appearance. But then I began to notice that I hated this guy I was making. Not in that video. That was pretty much my my normal persona that I put on for the world. But as I did it more and I started um, creating this flaccid dick character, I realized it was really like looking at my shadow, like my, my hidden self. So I decided to pull it out and look at it. And it was really like being the fool, playing the fool and just being willing to say, oh, I really am an asshole. So to look at myself as objectively as I could, 
and just sort of say, yeah, let's name it. And then it's, let's identify that. And throughout the pandemic, I put out a whole bunch of EPs, super short ones. Like they're all three songs, one minute each. And I put one out every other month. So there were seven of them over a 12 month period. So um, I was playing with this character and he's just like, I, I you know, the, the, you, you're calling it Slay the Dragon and Clown the Crown. Those are the first two flaccid dick ones where there was a shift in the persona. I was like, oh, I don't like that person that I'm looking at right now as I watch it back. It made me super uncomfortable to do it. So I was like, okay, there's something there then because it's not me trying to be whatever way I'm intentionally trying to present myself. I like, yeah, sort of the opposite that I gave room to the, the peripheral part that I could only kind of catch, catch out of the corner of my eye to be able to put the lens on that and show them um, of what I'm, yeah, an aspect of me that I try to uh, not associate with. That's what I was thinking when I was going through the stuff that you put out on Instagram, those one minute things. We're going to play some of that stuff, maybe a lot of it, because it's fun. <laughs> Rachel says, yeah, if you want to play, some, play something so there's some context for people. Yeah, um, I will. I'll get that screen share going. Uh, what I thought about it, though, when I saw it, Flaccid Dick, that's ballsy. Good one, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's uh Yeah. The whole thing is is a little bit wrong. It makes me not feel right about it myself, like I'm saying. So I'm like, yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, it's the exact opposite of how most people will present art. And it's like a statement on the persona itself. You're like, <laughs> instead of uh, well, making point, a character points. that's yeah. larger than life and like so cool that you want everyone to think that you're actually like that and not just a normal human being. It's the opposite. It's like, this is the thing that the persona right. that nobody gets to see for most human beings, like this character. So there's something very interesting. And and, and even for it. myself to reveal it, it, it's not, oh, cool, thanks. Um, it's And it was revealing itself to me at the same time. Like it wasn't a totally conscious, I could say it that way, there's a linearity to it, but I wasn't experiencing that way. I was laughing with my friends and just, somehow oh i remember how we came up with the name uh we were like yeah we should throw flaccid dick parties just my friend said that <laughs> stupid saying what whatever i don't even know what context that had and i was like oh no i should be flaccid dick and they should be it should be flaccid dick parties so then i was like oh that just is so wrong like that name with the visual was so right and wrong i was it had to be so well i'll play a couple right now the slay the dragon and clown the crown since that is the the titles of this one yeah there you go cool let me turn on the screen share yeah so this is slay the dragon it's a minute long video and it should be audible i can't promise the actually check real quick yeah it should be the same volume as everything else maybe i don't know production's hard but here we go <laughs> Yeah, I'll put a ride. 
do this. What's that? Yeah, so that is pretty intense. Uh, but it still has this musical aspect to it that is catchy and interesting. I mean, what I like about it, I guess, is the concept of Slay the Dragon. That's different for everybody. But when we look at the world esoterically, there seems to be something much more significant about that idea uh, mm -hmm. with life. Anyway, so let's talk about it. <laughs> Hoth Mark wants to know what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Help us understand. Good question. Good question. Well, the whole project is framed that way with seven and twelve and three and one, and I, I made it sort of um, esoterically um, themed that way. So, um, but for me, Slay the Dragon was confronting the self. You know, that is essentially what it means for me. So, it's. In the Middle Ages, it was, you know, literally slaying the dragon with, with the knights going up and rescuing the soul, the, the, uh, the virgin that's uh, sacrificed to the monster, right? So it's sort of the, the bookend of it is the last post that I made on Instagram where I do the remix of Purple World, and I'm doing a Goliath thing with a slingshot. And that's the same sort of metaphor. I think it's the same meaning, like the labyrinth as well. So, um, confronting there's a lot of layers to this. There's like this persona, first of all, then there's the dragon and the virgin idea. Well, clown world is definitely taking us more and more into like the sacrifice of the virgin or the inner child in everybody, where it wouldn't mm -hmm. matter how silly somebody was, there would be no like judgment of <laughs> better or worse. You know, if you're just yourself. So that yeah. and, of course, what happens to kids, you understand, because you've been homeschooling your kids even before cooties. So <laughs> it's a whole nother aspect of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what do you, you want to move into that a little bit about the homeschooling stuff? Yeah. I mean, if that's something you want to share about, it's basically sure. your, your platform to talk about your life however you want represent yourself yeah Glass of dick or keith gladys <laughs> it's gonna be all of them or diet kong or diet kong and it is a departure well. though because diet kong has a very slick and like cool aspect to him you know you get the suit in the one video the music and the is production really, too and it's all yeah. really slick production with diet kong like extremely high-end professional mastering and mixing mm -hmm. and that's with my my buddy fred fs um, and so that's what was cool about doing Flaccid Dick. It was the first thing I did entirely on my own. So I did all aspects myself. I didn't work with Fred on that one. So normally that's his production on early, all the earlier previous, uh, the previous Diet Kong stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's great. Kelsey so it was cool to do something that's more brash because of ego. I'm sorry, real quick. A commenter on Rockfin said, Kelsey said, my alter ego inappropriate go-to name is minstrel milkshake so there you go <laughs> you're not the only one with this kind of shadow same team. 
<laughs> right? I know. Partners in crime. It's it's funny to want to do that. I mean, because I do enjoy it, but it, it is embarrassing too. Like that Slay the Dragon was the first thing I did, like I said, as that guy. And I hesitated with it because I was like, what is, <laughs> what is that, you know? Um, and then, of course, that became the interesting part to look at. Like, well, let's see. We're making it up. So you have the other one too, the uh, Clown the Crown? Yeah, and I have quite a few from your Instagram, but that is kind of putting us in a okay. chronological order to do those two first. And then what'll be fun is to see how the artwork has changed as the character has taken on even more personality, so to speak. Because I think that that's definitely yeah. the case. It's like some of the later flaccid disc stuff, disc flaccid dick stuff is like it, it retains like some of the outlandish quality i mean a lot of it you can't take it away but the um things blend more and are cohesive in another sense yeah like so that's and also level blending. With the medium changing too which is cool to watch oh that's cool yeah like i started doing stuff with that's sort of comedy where i'm doing spoken things over music that i'm making and i and i began to wonder what i was even doing which is good <laughs> i thought <laughs> i think to find that place like what is it what am I doing? You, you actually talked about that as part of your style in the first time we spoke on Interverse. I did? You were talking okay. about doing, yeah. doing collage art. And that was like all uh, you could do because it was during the hard part of your illness. And yeah, so you had to just, you, you said, I just told myself, I'm not making art. I'm just, the, it's just the process. It's not a thing I'm making. And right. it's like, yes. it's very meta back to the concept yeah. of a, a persona and, you know, characters. Yeah. Because we're it is, constantly and, and, playing uh, a character. So it's been inter not interfering, but yeah, it's been exposed in my life from playing Flaccid Dick and moving in that direction anyway in my awareness or trying to be aware that um, I'm deconstructing this part of me now that I'm presenting. And that's when it gets really confusing <laughs> because, you know, that you start tinkering with that and it's um, and it's necessary, but um that's that's what it was about so it's it's super uh it was great to play this character for that reason one that is like like you said it well like it's not presenting the stepping in all cool it's the opposite of that um and even the the slicker diacong stuff like the white suit i always felt was uncool too in a way um yeah, white and rock and roll is kind of strange, I think. I mean, it's been done for sure. It's not like a new concept, but black is the go-to, it seems, or something that's a little bit... Um, there's not a lot of edge to white, <laughs> you know? I think that's yeah. what it is. And then white is supposedly all the colors or reflecting every color. Right. So yeah, it also yeah. comes across in a weird like inversion of that idea with how colorful and... Uh, like everything, everything in the kitchen sink with flaccid. And inclusive in that sense of being representing everything that way. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to put up the clown, the crown or crown, the clown. I just love that. I also have it's to say both. it's crown, the clown, clown, the crown. Well, that just, okay. I have, I'll just gather my thoughts before we watch this. <laughs> Cause okay, just that right. phrase is, is deep.
Yeah, so I can tell by watching that that you know things about the crown, about the you know about the royal family. There's a, well, there's a message here. Can we talk about it? Sure. Yes. I, I don't. It wasn't being specific about the British crown necessarily, but sure, just the concept, just the whole concept. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I just want to say, yeah, I think and it's the brilliant, use of the wordplay oh, that's in there too. Uh, well, that's L what I was just bringing up. And in, in L how to R shift, you know, so many languages, that's that? L's and R's get mixed up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's in there. So the the condemnation of the monarchy or whatever I'm saying in there is related to the words that are used to control us. That's what it's really at the heart of it is saying. And what I like about putting Lord it in the clown Lord. context for the whole thing Lore and lore, yeah. So it's you know, um, I'm fast. I love that. I know, like you too, like that. Uh, just being able to look at um, hmm. word magic. Basically. When I read something, it's the in between or the unsaid thing in it. Yeah, word magic, and yes, yes. So that's you said it. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much what that's about. But I really like what's that. Oh, no problem. I'll try to be careful. We have a slight delay with each other, and that's probably because you're off in the homestead, not in this the city. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's on my end. <laughs> it's definitely my end, I'm sure. Um... Yeah, okay, so I'll go then. I'll talk about that. Like, lore and lure, I think that is so clutch. Uh, how much of mm. studying the occult, which is just what's hidden in the world, is sidelined people get waylaid by lore lured into lore and spend their time going yeah. down a million different cold cul-de-sacs before the gold mine to find out that oh what is the yep. crown it's actually something inside of you in the sense that if you become right. sovereign of your own energy then you'll have no external rulers it just it just won't be right but that's the last thing you'll actually yep. find in the lore ever told to you straight up, you're lured into the lore. You, you want to talk about that? Yeah, that's interesting because I usually, um, in Buddhism, it's kind of talked about the other way where it's like um, you need an ego to desire to become desireless. <laughs> so you, it's it's the sort of the inverse there, right? Like, um, And in this way, it's saying, yeah, you're being pulled, hooked into something that unfolds into something else. But that's what experience is. I mean, that would be my experience with any um, spiritual or religious practice. You believe, you think it's going to be one thing. And the thing that <laughs> is compelling you, driving it towards completing this task is ultimately going to kill that part of you. It's going to sacrifice that part of you. So it's a strange 
I know. So that's on the personal level, but I know you're, you're talking about more on how people are hooked in. Is that what you mean by, uh, well, no, I'm kind of talking about the same thing, but definitely Corinne makes a good point over in the Rockfin chat. They get, uh, people get lured into being waylaid <laughs> sex cults. Um, since I was talking about the occult. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a part of a lot of artist paths yeah. in the main, if they go for the mainstream type of persona that can be, yeah. have the crown in terms of the fame which is what that part of you that you would need to transform to actually find freedom would be seeking in the first place for a lot of people. And there's a lot of talk already in the chat about the fool and the jester. And I'm sure that there's a lot of inspiration for Placid Dick as a character with uh, yeah, those 100%. concepts. Yep. And then also uh, Priapus, the Roman God with an erection. He always cracked me up. Um <laughs> And he could never be satisfied. He was sort of a fool pan character. Um, but yeah, the primary one is is the fool. And um, what I realized about that, I was like, why is the fool so close to the king? You know, what is that? What is that relationship? Why is it? Um, and And the answer that I came up with was, well, it's not even that I came up with. I found I read it somewhere. Um, until you were able to be the fool and become unconventional in the sense of not even intentionally, but you know, when you, when you're the fool, you really are, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like it's, I, you know, like I could present it in a certain way and it is fun and it's cool, but then there's the same side to that persona that is really dumb and um, dangerous. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. Then that's kind of like a loss of identity too. I've heard, I don't know if this is really an actual etymological definition, but I've heard that an idiot is one that doesn't know themselves, <laughs> right? Or they don't know right. what is self-evident because that's kind of saying the same thing. You know, you can't, yes. uh, you can't measure what's in front of you accurately. And that would be metaphorical to not being aware of, reality which is self in a pure and undiluted sense the pre-identity self right right well all of this came up for me and this had to do with the cooties as you say what what does it mean to be an artist what does it mean to be an artist you know in relation to society because that's what ultimately creates the definition that we use and function with right like it's as much as I exist in my own space and want to just do it for myself. And I do, um, the culture itself has a definition of it. That is, um, there's more to it than that. Right. So I was wondering, let's say society falls apart. Would I make art, you know, in this new context where that previous culture that I, um, how I even understand what art is, um, what would I be doing? And, I was, I showed you some of the talismans that I've been making and totems. And that for me was like, yeah, I would be doing that. That's something that, um, so, so then I started applying that to everything, um, to make art, music, anything in this culture is always going to, I mean, it's the old argument. It's nothing new, but I'm one of those people who feels that way that, 
Um, it is about getting to the root of that self um, underneath the persona. That's the point of what art making even is. So we put that in an American context of making art and it's immediately becoming something else um, because of the culture. The culture does that with everything. It's not particularly against art. It's just how it consumes in everything. Um, so that, yeah. That, I pull some of these up on screen. I know we have uh, at least one other sculpturist in the group here listening. Jim is probably sculpturing right now in his shop. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah, those were um, those are totems that I made with um, my grandfather's lead um, fishing uh, weights. So he died when I was three um, and I had toy soldier molds that I used to make with my dad pouring, you know, lead soldiers. So my dad had saved my grandfather's lead weights. So I melted them down and mismatched the molds. Um, and I, and I saved that paint from when I was a kid too. It's like those little jars of model paint. Um, and so I poured them into these abstract shapes to make, uh, well, a literal totem. I was, I really wanted to do something that wasn't just a metaphor, but using the materials that were actually from, you know, connecting all three of us. That's really cool. I mean, that just, see, that's something that has a ton of meaning, but totally outside of the culture. Like you said, it's within the culture of your actual orbit, your real lineage, the human beings that are connected to you really neat. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so it's about trying to radiate from within that way into the culture when the culture is always trying to do what it is, you know, be what it is, which is will easily swallow me. <laughs> I talk about this as a concept all the time. Uh, guest, frequent guest Michael Wan talks about that uh, living. And now I kind of have hijacked this way of describing it, but living an inner directed life instead of outer like the your inner world directing your outer world instead of the outer world directing your inner world yeah that's the big shift that i think life is largely about in this collective reality is learning how yeah. to do that i think of that as like you know when you see a shock mount for a for a mic and it's just sitting in that cradle and it has that little bungee to it I think of being the yourself, your soul, whatever is being that in the bot in the body. And then when I'm operating from that inner place, it's it's like even my body becomes awareness of myself. Did I say that the right way? The self becomes aware <laughs> of my body. <laughs> I think it works both ways. <laughs> I like how you put it in the first time we talked, where you we were describing movement medicine like qigong or tai chi, and how. Yeah we never really learn to use our full body. Our full right. body is not just even, you know, head to toe, but being connected and grounded to the earth, the cosmic and ethereal energy around us. It's all of that. So instead yeah. of there's yeah. a, something that you can learn in, in Qigong, at least this is where I learned it. Probably other ways to learn it. Maybe like uh, maybe psilocybin. <laughs> is one way you can learn this i've seen people that appear to have learned it that way but instead of telling my arm with my brain go and pick this up and i'm sending these mental commands and signals there's like a way of with your whole body feeling out to it and let it 
-hmm. it's hard to describe, but the way that I, I came across this was in movement synced with breathing where I just intended for the movement to happen, but didn't make the movement happen. And all I did was focus on the breath in and out. And it's like, whenever they teach you to make a cheat ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like as yeah, I did this, exhale is what makes it shrink. I'm not sending a signal to my hands. And I've even experimented with a friend who does Qigong as well, where he put his hands in between mine. And we, we both did it both ways. And I put my hands outside of his. And uh, we just synced our breathing. And I was the one moving my hands. But his hands came out and in with the breath too, even though he was really... Right just empty mind, not intending to do anything. And so like our energy fields were hooked up and we were pushing this ball of actual energy that's invisible to the perceptual wavelength most people are in. And so that's part of what I'm talking about. But then there's even, that's just with my hands. So imagine that in a full embodied sense, that type of movement. And that's the best I can do to describe something that is really more of a feeling. Sure, getting... Uncrinkle. That's one of the plastic dick videos I have with the <laughs> aluminum foil ball. <laughs> and I'm all like, ah, yeah, and I'm uncrinkling it, it and smoothing it out. Because that's the, <laughs> that's the, uh, it's the only thing that's in the way, right? If all of that's right, if there's Buddha nature, if there's, uh, you know, whatever, Christ, however you want to say your soul or that we're perfect underneath, the only thing that's, the issue is the the tension on top of that, which even results in meditation. When you know, we could say that even breath is tension. Like it has to be so quiet and and relaxed. Everything needs to be that way. Yeah, there's the there's the big ball of me tension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll play this. But there's some good comments here, <laughs> and I haven't even been watching Rockfin. Sorry, everybody. But thought Mark says she legit helps with that. I actually just posted a twenty five percent discount code to the secret energy store on my telegram channel for she legit, which I use basically every day. I did forget today, but almost every day. And it's really full spectrum, superior mineral intake in terms of a supplement. And I know you're a man about supplements. <laughs> you've, you've done the gamut of supplementing, mm-hmm. but I just had to throw that out there. Cause the thought Mark is right. She legit helps with everything electrical, and that kind of this is an electrical concept we're describing. But all right, I'll play this. Let's see. This is on Instagram, but I figured out how to make it big. And this is an example of one where it's just like it's not even a music video. It's just the character. <laughs> is the sound on? I don't know if the sound's on on that one. Oh, sorry. I didn't have it on. Good call. Because you need to hear the grunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aluminum foil is weird. It is weird. I used to always smooth them out after having a ring ding in elementary school. That was my. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. So that's that. Cool. 
we have so many options of things to play off of your channels. I should probably keep going. But unless you want to talk more about the crinkle, I mean, that's fun. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much it. It seems like that. Yeah, just as I'm hanging out, if I'm standing around, I just have my arms folded, I'll notice I'm like clenching. And there's this sense of holding and unease underneath it all. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what needs to be uncrinkled. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think healers, energy healers are ever doing for a person is showing them where to uncrinkle and they have, to, they still have to do it. Yeah. You know, massage is finding areas of tension and then that your body notices, ooh, that's tense because it's being touched there. Because someone else is feeling it. You've been ignoring feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Jenny B says this explains the uh, hair hanging in the background. Yep. That's the. <laughs> Oh, uh, those are the wigs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're over there. Yeah. That's it. So how did you come across the wigs? What was the story there? So I was looking for a, for a, a new look and I shaved my head. So I was like, I, maybe I'll get a wig or something to, to offset the way I've been looking the same, you know? So I was just looking on Amazon for different wigs. And then I saw these wigs for hair extension which I thought was hilarious because I'm buying a wig to still be bald, which was still making me laugh. Um, so I just got a couple of them. They, ha they have so many different colors too. I could get into them, but I only have two right now. And I did a lot with two. Um, but yeah, so once I saw that, that was, wasn't a thought or an intuition. That was really just, well, the thought was like, oh, let me, it was more of a literal, like a rational thought. Let me, I want this for the live show or for some videos. Oh, when I happened upon that, I was like, well, that's perfect. So, um, and it goes with the flaccidness. It goes with that sense of, um, I'm, it's not incompetence of, uh, what do you call that? When you can't become erect, I'm looking for the other metaphor of. Oh, impotence. Like now, do, yeah, okay. I guess do you think that word. this comes, do you think that this comes at the same time as like Cootie's crown clown world uh, synchronistically? I mean, it sounds like this just sort of naturally emerged, but do you see this as almost yeah, because, a natural response to the energy of what the, the madness of the external world right now? I do. Yeah. Because then it started the manifest where I grew my hair out in the back it was down in my shoulders. I just recently shaved it. Um, in the last video, the most recent video, you could see the way it was. So I was actually growing and I shaved my beard. I didn't have a beard either. So I really like, I was like, I need to look like something else um, during the virus. Although it was January when I started growing my hair that way. And that's like right when we started hearing about coronavirus. So that was synchronicitous as well. Um and I mean, then my just friend, that, my it, friend was like, like a crown. You're I turning mean, it into kind of now, like, dude. You're right. All of that. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. So then my friend had to point out to me, he's like, yo, you're you're becoming that guy. Like you're growing your hair. Like you don't need the wig anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> you're kind of right there. Does that scare you? <laughs> so it was an interesting <laughs> time. Yeah, I, I probably scared my wife too. Um <laughs> But it was an, it was an interesting time to be able to to do that to be like as yeah, my my Rona haircut you know, um, 
a lot of people then after a while, around around then. Back yeah yeah my wife did the opposite she shaved her head so it's just been growing out so she went the other way so yeah it, it's it's an interesting thing it's sort of like um you know when you dream something and then when you wake up you realize there was some trigger that happened to you that caused in a split second this whole thing to happen this whole understanding right um epiphanies yeah i don't know epiphanies i don't know what i was just going to connect that to the hermit this this is joshua tree if it was in the water but i certainly feel like a hermit out here are you good to play this now or do you want to finish a thought no you could play it that's cool all right Go born all alone. Oh, it's cold. No heaven. Big desire. Make a fire. Warm enough to keep warm. Hermit, turn away. So much less to say, only human escape, and find a way, and find a way. I really like something about that one. I can't tell you what. Yeah. I mean, I, like I could tell you some things good. I like about it, but okay. So let me ask, was that like plug cord that had a splitter leading yeah. two charges into one charge? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Hermetic that became indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So like underneath all the visual craziness to me is the most unified idea I've had throughout a project, I would say, um, because it has all those elements and it's not flagrant, really. It's there if you want it to be. I mean, what's flagrant is just the overall aesthetic is, you know, pretty bonkers. So, and I like that idea of doing something clownish and out and just so psychedelic that you could just take it at that face value and just be like, what? <laughs> and, but then there's other layers in there if you care to, you know, so. There's a lot of layers in it for being just like a, almost a video collage, the way that things come on and off of it uh, one step at a time. And one thing that people are pointing out is the the voice and really... Flaccid Dick, as interesting and uh, wild as he is, is just a facet of you musically that's rather recent. And I uh, should go ahead and yeah. in the chats put the Spotify link to Diet Kong because you've got a lot of other music that is, I won't say like, maybe it's more pop-ish in some aspects. It's got more cohesiveness. It's more of what you might go to yeah. for an album. whereas Flaccid Dick is this whole other multimedia 
persona character that's beyond just music at this point. Very interesting. Yeah, and Diet Kong is multimedia, but you're right. Like it was playing yes, it, it as a band would play, you know, like a, it was functioning as a band. I, what I liked about what Flaccid Dick is doing, it's moving into, because it's so multidimensional. I mean, you could be a multidimensional band, but I like this idea of, of thinking beyond those terms now. That's what is exciting to me. Um, Gordy in the chat says that that's a yod shape. There's been a lot of talk of yod hand yeah. 10 mm -hmm. in the uh, in the chats lately on our telegram. But yeah, I've got a few more. Let me see what else I can pull up. You know which one? I, there's one where it's um, I'm facing myself and it's sort of cartoony looking. And that just shows where I think that's where I'm having a conversation with myself. Um, Let me pull it up on screen and you can oh, yeah, point, yeah. point out to me uh, the one you're looking for. Let's see. And we're over on his Instagram right now, which is this is Diet Kong. Is it earlier, possibly? It might be, but I'm still looking. I got you if you want to keep scrolling. Okay. There's a lot here. Yeah, that was the... Uh... Oh, yeah, so it was definitely down because you're back at the top. We are about here before. Okay, keep going down a little bit. Maybe I'm no, I must have missed it. It must be a different thumbnail from what I'm thinking because that's the very beginning with Slay the Dragon. Yeah, well, no um, problem. Yeah, there's you know, yeah, oh, maybe it's that guy. The um, you see me in the middle with the sunglasses to the left of that. This one, yeah, okay, we'll pull this up. That might be something. Oh, the volume's not on. Oh. Okay, I'll start us over. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to waste anyone's time. And I kicked myself out of the stream. <laughs> uh, that's what happened. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Okay, so, and I lost my spot on the Instagram page. So one second. Yeah, here we go. We're basically there. And I got to add the screen share back. Thanks, everybody, for your patience. Usually I'm so smooth with all this. Nobody knows the struggle. Person. I mean, of course, everybody knows that. I'm realer than real. Actually, actual. That much we know. You think I'd waste my time with knuckleheads talking about simulations? Oh, this is real. I'm real. This is all really, really, real, actually. A's not B, dummy. Let's get down to brass tacks like boots on the ground strategy, touching terra firma. I am that I am, and I am that I am that I am. I am, right? Say I'm a real boy, then. Say, honestly, I might not be fully complete. Just yet. But I'm trying. Keeping my head in the game. Staying relaxed and patient. I'll get there. I don't lose. I just win. You wanna win with me? We'll call it a tie. So I was thinking of a different one, but that's fine. You get the gist of it. Where I'm starting to do some stuff like that. That you're like it isn't about the music. It's just um, talking some shit out. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that that was a trend in some of them. It was like 
uh, <laughs> different, uh, even like sub personalities of flaccid dick competing yeah. with each other. That's the conversation that's happening. So the way I was able to let go of Lyme, and it's not going to be on my mind soon, I'm not going to need to make videos of myself where I put seven of me on there and I'm obsessed with myself. That's the dream is to go through this and let that go too. The way that I thought of Flaccid Dick too, of incorporating it in live is like, almost like the way Parliament would do that, you know, where they would have characters come out um, and do a little bit and then just do their thing to bring in another flavor. Um, so I haven't played yet again since the pandemic. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I like artists that have the multiple. Yeah, but so during the I know a few of you, <laughs> at least on stage, have multiple personalities, <laughs> yeah. I should say. You're talking to me, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're one of them. I mean, I actually know it's, multiple. Yeah, multiple I know. And then it's really, artists. for me, like, For sure. You know, multiple, multiple personalities. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I try to guide. I'm like, who's in charge today? Literally, like knowing what, what person is in control of me today or what aspect so that I know where I'm at because I've been able to, you know, like, wait, that's an important thing. Right. Because I can make the mistakes of thinking I'm one person already. I'm not, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm not human yet. Um, that'd be great. Um. I think that's the potential and that's the dream. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. So, so to just like assume that I'm the same person the, is like, that's not what's happening. It's a, you're getting in touch maybe with the inner archetypes, the inner Zodiac, which is inner led world instead of yeah. outer directed life, which is, I guess, the path towards <laughs> being what, like you said, an actual human being. And then what I hope for is after so much focus on the inward that that, that um, dissolves into just just being where that obsession, the borderline unraveling myself is gone. Just my fucking obsession. <laughs> right. The borderline is gone. Right. Yeah. I'm I mean, talking about that a lot the, lately, uh, too, the that we're, I think, getting to a point where we're going to stop seeing our bodies as being like suits for our souls or our spirits and recognize that matter is spirit. And spirit is material, and it's just yeah. one thing. That will be it's really handy thing. when people when so, people get there, because if that's been the divide that yeah, is, I think the original cut that all the the clown crowns have used forever to control and to yeah. they're like, look, we we know that you're broken, you're broken right in two, and also because of that, you're broken all these other ways. So listen, we'll if you just yep. listen to us, we'll tell you more about how you're broken and why only we can fix it if you. And it and all sides are played that way. Week. Right. Church or state or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're like, yeah, on Vibrant, it's like, you know, it's more just fun. We don't really get serious or whatever. Oh, we could, <laughs> we could get serious. <laughs> I mean, do you have serious any... talk? I'm saying this is pretty jokes serious. Ready? Well, it's your know. art. Your art's bringing it out of me. It's no, too... I love it, man. It's my headspace. This is where I'm at, you know? Like, that's how I. So, this is, I love talking about it. This is where I might, you know, my energy is so although <laughs> like although recently ponder. yeah what is i've it? been in a place of not creating um the last few months and just to see what that would be like because i'm so identified with that that's what i do that's who i am so i wanted to see what it would be like to not do anything and it's kind of cool but also not 
at some point, you know, it's where to move from that position next, because the, the, the old, um, framework of saying oh i have a band or i'm a singer and i make songs and that's true but there's a whole other thing there that is more interesting to me about it and the more i can produce it myself the more singular it becomes it's like if some if you make a demo on your own and play all the instruments good or bad it's going to have a unified sound because you've done it all right so it's going to be something that's cohesive and um, then there's another flip of the coin though where if you're jamming with people that you're like your bubbles are actually connected <laughs> through care and through the trust best. that and in that sense absolutely comes through that brings a unified sound as if it was all one individual playing each part. oh yeah so i it's a trip Absolutely. And I should start that way. All the music I've made up to Flaccid Dick, I've always played with other people. I've never made like a whole thing where I played the stuff. And although I had some people sit in on the Flaccid Dick stuff, so I didn't do everything on it. Um, but that was sort of my venture to just be like, no, it and it was foolproof to me. This is a kind of smart way, I think, of working. I was like, I'm going to make one minute songs. I'm not going to be intimidated to make a minute song. I could do those. That's not like making a seven minute song, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot easier. So I tried to find little ways and then releasing every other month um, to just make it a process that wasn't without me adding tension to it, you know, without hindering it. And then I was like, you know what, I'll just produce it because it's flaccid dick. It should come out wrong, <laughs> especially at the beginning. Like I can't, like it, if something goes wrong, I'm like, yeah, that's how that should be probably. <laughs> So it made me feel comfortable, um, which is important. I realized I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that I found a way to express that. And um, it's a Taoist feel because it's going to trust the flow and the, the reality of what happened is what was correct without the feel to need to control it. I'm not saying that it's right one way or the other, but it's a different type of creation whenever you do it that way whenever you play the multiple yeah. choice test and just go with your first answer and never revise that right. gives you something that's almost channeled it's yeah. a little different than i'm not saying one way is better than the other of course you've got also great realism in, in a painter or somebody and they go over the same spot and cover it up until it's exactly what they were envisioning and that's another yeah. way of creating and that's also yes. totally legit but uh, Slick wants to know if your kids are also autistic, artistic. Yes, they are. Um, my six-year-old daughter, she's funny. She's a painter. She loves painting, but she'll take her dolls and stuff, and then she'll, I'll come in the room, and it'll be painted all red. She's like, here's my demon baby. I was like, oh, okay, right on. <laughs> <laughs> but she likes to, uh, she's definitely the painter. And then my son, who's 10, he's a storyteller. So he's been making, he draws all the time and just makes stories. So that's become, became part of our uh, approach for homeschool, where for me, it's like, as long as they can think critically, read, do some math, the rest of it is, you know, um, subjective. It's how do, how do you learn to think and, and learn? So I would know, answer that question with care. 
As yeah, with care, with what, great care. Like what you care about, you'll learn easily and quickly yeah. and you'll go out of your yeah. way to learn it. So you teach a kid the skills to communicate and to to read and read multiple languages as in numbers and words. Yeah. Then you instill in them like you should how to care about them to love themselves will allow them to care about other things, to care about things in a passionate way. So Really, yeah. it's just you teach them the communication and interpretation skills and how to love themselves. And then you don't really have to teach them anything else. You can be there to facilitate That's stuff it. that they're, they're interested in, but they'll direct their own interest from there. I, As a non-parent, that's like what I would observe about yeah, human beings in general. You, well, if if you're going to be a parent at some point, you'll be right on because that sounds like you said that very well. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's like, yeah, you're already prepared for it. That's well understood. Um, Lao Tzu says cultivation is a matter of subtraction, not addition. So as a parenting style, that's a lot of it. It's don't interfere as much as possible, which is really difficult because I was raised in America at the time I did by Catholic parents and the whole, you know, the way that they raised me is, um, contrary to the way I'm raising my kids. And I am careful not to just be reactionary in raising them the way that I wanted to be raised myself or that sort of thing. So we we're, uh, we live in Joshua Tree in California. So it's an amazing program that this, you know, the state funds where we get funds for the year and we pick out all these courses and you can do um, Taekwondo, you know, you can do uh, Waldorf education, you can mix and match whatever you want. And so we, I basically just said to my the teacher in the beginning, hey, we're basically unschooling. We, we want to do as little as possible. <laughs> just so just to make sure we're on the same page here. Um, and it's been great. Like we've just been doing Zoom meetings once a month and they're about to go back in person to meet, you know. So it's been tough on the kids, you know, being isolated because we live out, you know, it's like seven miles in the sand off a of pavement. So it's... Um, it was an amazing thing for the pandemic to go through that because it was even more removing. So there's some darkness with that and depression with that, but it was more a reminder. You'll probably like this too, of just stepping outside and nothing has changed. There's no, no, yeah. there's no discernible difference except what got in my head. So oh, it's like the Bill Hicks joke that where he's <laughs> like, uh, you turn on the news and they're just like war, death, murder, violence. And then you look out the window and it's crickets. Yeah. So that sun shining, you know, and we don't, you know, our neighbors, we don't have many of them and it's quiet out here. So that didn't change at all throughout that. So that was a good reminder as, um, as all of this has been unfolding. So, you know, fortunately my kids were being homeschooled before that anyway. So we were in a, in a, a flow with it, which is cool. Um, but it's great, man. We just drive around since we're not native Californians we're from New York. Um, we still have a lot to learn. We've been living here three years now, but we'll just pick like a historical society in some town or some spot that's got a lake. Or the other thing I've been doing with them, this is cool because I'm like, you know, deeply into my practices and mind frame of trying to undo the the house of cards that's me that doesn't need that i don't need to so closely identify with um but since i was raised catholic and i had such difficulty with that situation 
I didn't raise my kids with religion, but so how do I approach this stuff with them? So the first thing is the most natural way, which is they see me doing stuff, you know, maintaining a shrine and they help out with that. And we say a little prayer together in the morning and at night and um, whatever, else, you know, things like that. But the other thing I realized is there's a great website called the Labyrinth Locator and it has labyrinths in any zip code all over the world. So I started taking them to j just putting in different places and that's what we'll go and do. And fortunately, a lot of Episcopalian and um, uh, Anglican churches have labyrinths. It was connected to the Catholic tradition from way back. And so they have them just outside at churches. So we've been going all over the place and I just take them to walk. And it's so cute. The first time we did it, I was like, well, what mantra should I give them? And um, was like, oh, from Star Wars, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. So they walked around. That's one of the ones they use. And and now we use may all beings be happy as one of them. That's a, a Buddhist one. That's a good one. So, you know, and to me, that's education. Like that's school, <laughs> you know, like. Um, Labyrinth Locator, is that what was the website was called? Labyrinth Locator, it might be .org. Will somebody find sure. that and post it in the Telegram group just so I don't forget about it? Do me a favor. Super cool. Whoever does that takes in advance. And I don't know. I only found that site once I was already in California, but they are everywhere out here. It's probably California is California. But, you know, they are all over the country. So we'll take little road trips to towns and find them um, and do that, which is fun. Yeah, that's a that'd be a good place for a meetup. You got to get the labyrinth, and then that's where we'll have the yeah. podcast group meet up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you brought yeah, up the cool religion that... thing. I yeah. wanted to. Here's one. I mean, you finished that thought, but I was gonna play the Lupercalia video because I really liked it. Oh yes, for uh, from Dog Joy. Yeah, my friend's band. That's cool. Yeah, they had me do this last uh, well Valentine's Day for Luper Lupercalia. Okay, so I'll play that. Uh, go sound. I wish I was unlearned as a kid. <laughs> I hear that, me too. Okay, the sounds so we're trying to fix yeah. that. Ah, look at that face, look at flaccid there. That's a good pause point. <laughs> the dogs, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me see if I can. My kids saw that going. and they were like, they did not like that with the, the hammer to the puppy picture, they were not feeling that. <laughs> That's what I was actually going to ask was one of the questions I had. Uh, what do your kids think about flaccid? So after we play this, or maybe you can talk about that. But here we go. Yeah. I got the sound on. I wanted somebody to love. My heart is a mess. It's a problem, I guess. Yeah, that face is terrifying. Yeah. Jeez, intense one. Yeah. So you made the effects on this, is that right? Yeah, I made the whole, what do you mean? Um, I did the whole thing, yeah. Sorry, it's too loud to hear you. I can't adjust the volume because it's Instagram. So we'll hold That's up. okay. Oh, see, the dogs are fine. 
Yeah. The dogs made it through fine. Yeah, they're fine. I showed you in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you did all the effects on that, though. Yes. Yeah. So I did all. Yeah, which is fun. Like the way that you were talking about as a Taoist approach, as I'm making stuff with this character, it's so small. Like I have a bin over here with uh, all the dollar store stuff that I used for to for his outfits and the wigs are over there. Um, and then I pull this green screen across and I have, you know, I'm in a small space here, but I can do a lot. Um, yeah. So it's been fun to, to use like very small and I love lo-fi stupid things. I really like that. Um, maybe to balance the ideas too, or to, yeah, I guess it's pointing to just the, the it makes it sort of surreal in that sense or hyper real, right? Um, uh, you know, what's a good one. Friends. Do you see that one? Is that on your YouTube? It's on my, I think that is up on my YouTube isn't as current. So, but that one I think is up there. Okay. That's when I made a paper mache me flaccid. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I could find that on Instagram then based on that description. So give me a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's a couple of. There's a couple of paper mache ones, but one of them's a video. Right. Let's scroll. I'll bring it up. Yep. Okay. Is it this guy? Oh, this there you guy? go with me hugging. Yep. That's that's that guy. Uh -huh. That guy. Yep. All right. Make it. Oh, that's, that's the one. Unless that's a screenshot. Screen grab. Okay. Let's see. Well, it's gonna be right around there then when I posted it. Uh, yeah, the one with my legs up and I'm laying down. That's it. Okay. Good. I know it's been so long. Wanna come over? I would like that. I miss you. Like how one of your feet is a cartoon. Oh, me too. <laughs> it got cut out, so I had a come on. I put a cartoon foot. <laughs> noticed a, a king and a jester there yes there you go that's from one of my favorite movies when i was a kid the court jester with danny Kay, the comedian from the 50s he was like it's a pretty still pretty funny movie um yeah so i kept finding all of these connections to that and then him having the ukulele over his head they're connected and so yeah it was cool to be able to layer the stuff. Once I started with Slay the Dragon and Crown the Clown, I found myself for the first time having like a like a, a groundwork for how to move forward with a, a narrative. I've done like conceptual albums where some thought songs connect to one another, but usually it's just I'm writing songs and putting them together and they're from a certain time. So this became something that I was like, oh, well, there's a way to to tell a story through this, you know? I got a call in on our call in line from Gordy. 
And the length of it looks like it's maybe a, a question. So I'm going to play that. All right. And it maybe maybe it's a question. Here we go. Looks like about six people posted the Labyrinth Locator. Appreciate you guys. That's great. Nice. Keith, where do you think that the the creative force comes from? Where do you think art comes from? Are you a channel of it or are you the creator or you both? <laughs> wow. Going, that that is straight for the jugular. Yeah, thanks for that question. But yeah, that's the... <laughs> I'm going to tell you because I know. Well, it was right when you said that, when you said, I know that the stream was one hour, 11 minutes, 11 seconds with 11 people watching on YouTube. See, at that so, moment, I did know, but it's too I, bad it passed. Too late. I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's an amazing um, thought because there, uh, there's an interesting book. It's coming from a scientific point of view which is in my wheelhouse. I'm so left-handed and right-brained and um, to a fault. But uh, Eric Wergo is his name, I believe. And it's about time loops. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard about, about this? No. He wrote a book called Time Loops, but then he wrote his second book. I'm looking for it on my shelf here. That's why. Um, what the hell is that called? It's about dreams, though. So it's all about this idea that... Um, he believes in the long self, meaning that our unconscious actually experiences longer into the future than our conscious self understands. And he talks about it scientifically, but by recording your dreams and by paying attention, you start to realize how um, you can be conscious of your reality ahead of it actually happening which is it's fascinating stuff um here it is well according to my dream last night i'm gonna be trying to get out of a really boring elementary school and having trouble walking uphill at a very steep and never-ending parking lot where i can't find my car that was what i dreamed last night sounds nice and restful sounds like my <laughs> dreams <laughs> can you show that book again i'm gonna make the yeah, screen yeah. thing uh if okay I don't know if I can. This is his second book. He has one called Time Loops. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of moments of what I consider um, synchronicity. And this put a perspective in that I understood. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm actually subconsciously, it, you know, there's an, another book from years ago by this surgeon named Leonard Schlein, Art and Physics, it was called. And he was talking about how um, artistically in any age, um, there are going to be discoveries that come out visually and through the art and music before it is scientifically discovered. And he makes his art through history of, you know, proving that. So I think it's sort of uh, like that. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Going back to the question, really, like. So when I made that album, Then Came Seven, which Hello Spiders on and Purple World. I was at post Lyme or going through Lyme and at a fierce, the veil was very thin for me at that time from being close to dying and all of that. So I was feeling this very strong connection. Um, and since then, I don't feel as strong of a connection in that way. So when I hear that music back, it's almost as if that's music from the future to me. 
because I was almost more at a an understanding when I made that music that it's I know what like you're saying from the future teaching me. Yeah. yeah. And all of my music and stuff. Hey, Gordy. Yeah, I brought Gordy on. Nice. Hey, Keith, it's good to meet you, man. Yeah, good yeah, to meet you, too. That flow you're uh, on, Keith, I think is really crucial because I can relate. And here's how I will describe it. When I first had, like, psychedelic experiences, really, that cracked the shell of, uh, you know, ego melting. <laughs> I won't call it ego death because it was still there, but it melted a lot. Yeah. That yeah. I actually began to, in a sort of channeling sense, but... I just intuitively knew things and had abilities energetically that uh, I lost whenever I got when I got knocked down a few pegs by health and by like attachment issues, really attachment your issues. Your mind, that, right? Probably your mind. They hurt my attachment issues that like clog, clogged my crown chakra and then polluted everything mm. below. So later, years later, Basically, what I'm saying is like my 23 year old self, oddly enough, was very similar to my 32 year old current self, like new things that I only know now because I went through study and practice. But there was a brief period where I was like future me for a while. And like, yeah, really yeah, was. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I forgot yeah. it or something. And it's like, a, and then you become the future like is a frequency. It's not like it's not a real time. There's not like it's not linear. It's a frequency. And we'd. We'll be in the same place looping forever until we change, until we change. Pattern, it's not right? time yeah. that changes. Right, right, right. It's weird. Yeah, well, there's a, going back to the language when we started with clown the crown and crown the clown, is that idea of omitting time to omit time, just the reverse of those words, is kind of made me understand maintaining life in that sense of what we do as individuals is through our intent is we prolong ourselves and illness comes in when we're not as committed to that perhaps slick pulled up a nice comment here that i guess they have a theory from watching the shining because they watch the shining in there's a telegram group that a lot of the people here in the chat are uh, a part of and on gordy knows about it tell us about the shining <laughs> please maybe you okay. can elaborate on well, this because i'm sure you're there for that I, I was not there for that, and they. Oh. I've been neglecting those guys, and I started that group. What the hell, I, bro? I know, dude. I'm so. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> we got an anyway, echo anyway. from Gordy. Is that true? Is that I me? think Jim is saying that. Yeah. Dude, sorry. Let me let me go out and come back in. Okay, it happened just like two weeks ago. It happens, or last week. Anyway, we'll let him try to come back in a different way. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he really he went really for the jugular went. with that question. <laughs> I, I was trying to get around to it with that different ways of thinking about even your own experience and consciousness and what this is. It's very hard to, to distinguish. Um, and ultimately, the more I'm realizing all that outer talk of God and angels and all of that, while maybe that's true or demigods or dakinis and all that stuff, um, it seems to be archetypes of the self as well. And maybe there's a place where all of that coincides. Um, but it's, again, getting back to the in, interior experience of things. Um, to know through an experience. And that's how gnosis is important to me in that sense of being able to find that way of 
to find practices and thinking that lead to experiences that you yourself could know are real. So uh, we so got that, the confirmation that the echo is good. Or God. All right. Good. Okay. You know, that, that's really interesting that you're on the same. Did you kind of find this spirituality with Qigong or this kind of understanding like at the same time? Or was it kind of this near death? It's always been a, yeah, like a. Gone through. Yeah, that's an interesting question because it kind of did. I didn't know even know what Qigong was until I had Lyme. Um, I knew what Tai Chi was. I knew, you know, um, yoga. I had been doing yoga. I had done um, lots of Buddhist practices. I was studying Buddhism pretty in intensely. I mean, as a kid, when I was 11, 12, I thought I was going to become a priest in Catholicism and then that eventually flipped and became a whole um, disheartening experience um, but so uh, when I was 16 my older friend gave me a copy of the Tao Te Ching so that brought that blew me away from that time so that seed was there for the eastern thinking very early for me but it was really when I was looking for a way to deal with my illness that I found Qigong and then I found a lot of the um, Taoist practices and shamanic practices that I got into was from that, from that. So it's cool now yeah. to, I'm actually getting back into the cat. Cause I, I um, the prayers that I learned from Catholicism, incorporating that into my practices and the Buddhist stuff and the Taoist stuff. And like, it's sort of how I, I felt growing up as a kid. I'm into art drawing painting you know i wasn't just like oh i'm a bass player that's what i do i play bass like i did all these things and it felt like losing ground because i'm only getting so far with each thing but at a certain point you it brings a perspective where you can draw from these different avenues of experience so i think spirituality is the same way yeah i've i've been doing the same thing like incorporating stuff from here and there and like it blew up just the last few months, it's been just crazy. Like putting putting an actual protocol and making that protocol your a, a practice. Like yeah, you can get some serious connections that are really powerful, and you can actually do that to help others because you can do remote healing that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the rub for me is understanding as I get to know myself more, the more I'm willing to look at who I really am means less denial, more objective looking and mm -hmm. being unhappy with the results of what I see. Mm -hmm. It becomes a difficult um, spot in there in, to, to move forward because you have to maintain your ground and be like, no, this is where I'm at and not, not lay a guilt trip on top of that either to just so important another, what you another just said. layer of just getting derailed yeah totally yeah. to be like no i'm gonna actually enjoy this now that i'm being this way or whatever depending on the situation or it i'm is aware what it of it is. at least it is what it is so let's figure out how to keep going yeah keeping um, that shame that shame programming out of the yeah, yeah out yeah, of yeah, the yeah. way you know keeping that artificially engineered i mean yeah. there's times in life where this and it wells up through your instinctual morality i think humanity human beings have an instinctual morality and that may be a debatable philosophical concept but just like you haven't there's art that you made that's distinctly separate from the larger culture keith 
that you thought mm -hmm. about on purpose to see what would happen if you were trying not to be connected to the larger culture with the creation. I think morality, but is even that, way. even that is a tricky one because like, if I, if we look at the collages, I couldn't say that in the same way and you weren't, but like that would be related to even collages on board or wood or something would be very related to our approach in the West to what it means to be an artist. Um, and then you could even, the other, well, I mean, everybody, yes, like to do talismans and totems and those sort of objects, um, which are worked with intuitively that way. And from mining the desert around me, mining, all, all you have to do is look down. There's stuff that flows all over the place. Gordy's um, a desert guy too. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where are you? I'm in Tucson. Oh, well, Southeast oh, sweet. Tucson. And uh, Love it. I walk the desert every day as kind of a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's I've got a group of owls out there speaking of parliament. Oh, sweet. So yeah. um, speaking of parliament, <laughs> you, I caught you say because Keith made the parliament <laughs> reference before. Yeah. And uh, Gordy was like, parliament. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. That's what you call a group of owls. Gordy's the owl guy. Yeah, Actually, they, he's Beastmaster yeah. Gordy. So also when you felt like you got healthy and like your chi was like really hot. Like, did you feel like animals were connected to you or like? Oh, geez. It was, I had some experiences that were incredible. Like, and that, that's what I wouldn't trade for. That's what I mean by the gnosis thing of like having an experience where I'm not claiming I know anything, but that I had an experience that was beyond my normal um, perception. So I was in the, the midst of Lyme depression all that stuff i would drive around in upstate new york that's where i lived up in the catskill mountains um and i would listen to podcasts and try to laugh and listen to music and but this was towards the end and this is literally when i came out of my depression at that time i was driving down this mountain road and it opens up into like a valley that's flat and across the long field there's a stream that runs parallel right so as I'm driving in the car slowly, I have the windows down and I just look and there's a crane that's flying the same um, with me parallel, just as we're driving. And I'm just looking at this and the veil of depression, like the film, I'll say, because it wasn't about the film lifted. And I literally was able to feel sun and feel the energy come back mm -hmm. because I used to have to go outside and I would I'm like, oh, I, it feels like I mean, it. I guess it's nice out, you know, I can't feel it. It's not touching me. So in that moment it lifted. Um, and then also just getting really quiet. And um, I remember being on a beach where I was just sitting quietly for like an hour. And when you're, and it was at six in the morning and all the crabs came out and they weren't just like, when you see them, they're shuffling quick. Like they were chill. They were just with me. They're just sitting there. Yeah. Like they're all coming out and just, because you're not a threat, you're not there as a, as a crinkle, you know, like you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're not putting out any vibes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had this experience with these, these owls that so we are kind of so connected now. Cause I met, I meditate under their tree and that's where I started my mm. meditation practice. And that's how kind of we got close is that I was there every morning and they would just watch me and like, um, it, it's to the point where they followed me home last wow. week. It was, uh, 
it's been a long-term been a, relationship so yeah, that's a generational cool. it's been almost three years and, and <laughs> wow two that's cool and they just so. decided to come follow you home now yeah yeah i are like yeah the, you passed the test on 11 11 which was my recovery date hmm. from getting off of opiates and alcohol and all sorts of medication yeah Wow, that's wow, that's cool. On the end, made this wand on 11 11. It was born on that day. What is that you're holding up? Selenite, yeah. This wand cool. I, I recently oh, wow. built was born on 11 11. And there you go, as far as I know, it's spoken for. And who was buying it is supposed to be coming through town in two days. But if that doesn't Please. pan out, I'll let people know because it's, it's a heavy one. Hefty, but yeah, that's cool. Okay, so speaking of speaking of selenite and energy clearing, when you said basically, I got the gist, Keith, that you're talking about having a lot of heavy, unprocessed, maybe even bottled up feels that were for a time keeping you from actually feeling things in your solar plexus and below, like the actual yeah. physical pleasure of being in your body. Yes, I yeah, totally would get that. I actually stamped just, down almost I like. You you were saying it in this sort of way. It was more this sort of way, like uh, almost putting a padding between my body and the external world. Exactly. So it was like not being able to feel and nothing could penetrate that. Yeah. So here's where I just recently came across this was um, the last person I had a sound healing session for. I, I mean, I've been doing it a while, but still not long enough. I'm sure maybe ever you'll probably never get to a point where you've seen every possible weird thing that can be going on in somebody's aura. But this individual, when I measured them with the dowsing rods, which is how I start the process, I measure each chakra with the dowsing rods to see if they're about the right size or trunk. Uh, But lately I've been getting to learn more about what it's like when they're actually overloaded. So heart chakra can get swollen up with a backlog of grief usually grief or it can be just a general depression but a lot of times those two things are actually hand in hand that you have grief if not for people that died in your life or relationships that ended you have maybe grief for your life itself and that's what the depression is in a sense like grief for like oh this wasn't what i thought it was supposed to be or whatever and anyway so you're saying yeah it can get swollen up with the backlog of these emotions and then the lower centers becomes shrunk so i was dealing with somebody who had like instead of being about six feet off the body like all of your field should be about evenly it varies from person to person based on their size but this guy's heart chakra was like nine or ten feet off the body and his Hmm. solar plexus down to root were all like a foot and a half off the body mega shrunk and so this is the padding you're talking about it's yeah this this padding the only way that it can basically, if you felt anything, you would start to naturally trickle through and feel the backlog of, of grief too, because pleasure, which is what you're mm. like feeling pleasure, feeling good in your body is dictated by these lower centers, especially the, especially the sacral, but by not having the one you're cutting out the other. So cutting, shrinking down this, the, the good feelings, not being able to feel the sunlight being disconnected from that, even though you're standing in it is <laughs> because yep, there's this yep. buffer and people do this with weight too. People do this with putting physical weight on their body. That's oftentimes like where it goes next. If uh, you have this type of electrical mm. swelling in one energy center. 
So anyway, right, the, right, interesting. And then what's cool is after I, it was almost like I was. This is what made me think of it is because I used a selenite, and like a chisel, <laughs> hammer and chisel with a tuning fork on top of the selenite, like puncture this heart chakra, and mm. like letting the air out of a balloon, I sweep what I what is coming from this puncture down into the lower centers and. I know this sounds like super woo and totally subjective, but after I do this whole process and then I go back with the dowsing rods and measure their fields, everything's the same size again. And, huh. and yeah. it's like, a real, and then the results for them are like, oh, I'm actually feeling more in my body. And so in a poetic sense, I like Khalil Gibran is one of my favorite poets. The Prophet is a really good poem by him. It's a little longer, but not too long. People should look this up. I learned something from this like, 2013 chance that I was talking about who was in the future learned this super important thing that I then forgot when I was no longer at the vibrational match to know it, which is that all of your joy and all of your pleasure only exist because of displeasure and sorrow or pain. They're the same exact thing. It's just feeling It's feeling of what is. And like the same, like you could say in the hermetic law sense that there's not hot and cold, there's just heat, right? It's just temperature mm -hmm. and what degree it's at. So right. anyway, all of that is what you kind of got me thinking about. And like we do this energetically, we pat ourselves to keep ourselves from feeling and it can even manifest in the body as armoring, whether it's like super hard body or super flab body, one or the other. Yeah. And that's what it, you know, I'm like anybody else in that way that it took, well, maybe there are smarter people. There are sometimes, but I needed to be knocked down completely to understand mm. that to, you know, like had to be taken to critical uh, mass where I couldn't function anymore to, to learn the lesson. So, and then it's, you know, being healthy again and then falling back in some patterns that could eventually bring back that sort of unconsciousness. It's really interesting to watch myself revert, you know, and, mm. and, and not, um, feel like we said um uh feeling shame about their whatever but just looking at it and accepting that and that's all challenge in itself i mean that's why it's so difficult for us to change ourselves in, in any reasonable way because that intent is met with such opposition you know not only from the culture forget about that that is instantly going to try to squelch that but from yourself from the it's like you're trying to tell your ego you're going to take it out and it's like what how are you going to do that let me get that let me write that down it knows exactly <laughs> you know like my my ego knows how to trick me or hold 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 the throne yeah. you know yeah so it's it's a tricky thing it's a tricky thing to talk about being healthy because i've done that a few times where then i'm like i'm giving up my magic here like what am i doing why am i talking about what you know because um I don't want to remind part the other parts of myself. So you can see in Flaccid Dick, this conversation that's happening um, is re really what's going on, <laughs> you know? Um, it's just fun to make it in that where I'm um, using a phone with some apps. Uh, it's like going into the 99 cent store for art supplies. I like that quality to the stuff instead of just like all right i use final cut pro or i just go to the art store and i get the best canvas and paint and to have a sense of play in the stuff 
you know um yeah i just pulled some cards from my I Ching deck since this is such a Taoist talk and of course they reflect the dynamic of what you're just saying because you have conflict right here Let's see if i can make this bigger no that's a comment from the call in line okay you guys can still hear me but i'm taking it off screen and make this big conflict is the yang which is like the the spirit or your awareness or heaven energy the upper part you could definitely say ego lives in there because it's what you're aware of currently and that is over or trying to be in mastery over the abyssal which is just the deep waters of the unconscious the literally the unknown part of yourself what you can't see <laughs> and that's conflict in the I Ching. it's like will to power and it's trying to control the part of you that's turbulent and constantly changing in a sense and that is opposition in a way that's op being oppositional to what should just be these deep flows that are so vast you could never have enough awareness of them to control them and then the other card that popped out influence number 31 this is the joyous or lake supported by mountain or keeping still so it's a totally different dynamic where it's to stimulating and connecting between you and something and the external and feeling good in that in yourself because the dynamic is the multiplicity of potential infinite possibility all the different characters of life the <laughs> the multiple personas being completely uninterrupted by anything below being supported by stillness right so just a lot like having literally having ground for these different forms of life to live on and exist on in a way where they all can play together and so it's a totally different dynamic and those two cards popping out i felt felt kind of represent what you're talking about there keith yeah that's the will to power stuff is really interesting because that's something that i look at because the ability to change is really difficult for me and there's the will to power which is sort of the path of where we live in america like you do you make up your plan you go <laughs> you put it into action you make it happen but what taoism and buddhism and christianity are talking about is there's some it's, it's the will of the force the will of the way the will of god whatever you want to call it it's tapping into not what you perceive to be the way through your ego, but the actual way. And the realization of letting go of this creation of myself is the challenging part for me now. I'm like, oh, but I have more fun as that guy. I don't want to, <laughs> I like to make up the way I want to be, the way, the, the will of Keith. But that's the will that has got me in trouble all the way through it. If it worked, that'd be great. That's one thing. But I keep trying with that. And, and it, folds over into the what i expect out of my art or at what i expect out of anything really um so trying to sur surrender has a lot to do with this but to learn that lesson is what i'm going through of the will of the force or the or god even which is a, i'm more uncomfortable with that word but um in the ineffable you know so yeah sounds like what i'm into too <laughs> and it seems to work for me because <laughs> good thing we're talking yeah it seems to work yeah. for me i i've been praying every day i got an altar too i i, I want to see what your shrine space looks like because i think it's pretty souped up 
<laughs> but I've got a Sorry. question from Jenny B in the chat wants to know what's your sun sign. And I'll say also moon rising. Cause that's fun to know, but uh slick dissident guesses Aquarius. I'm actually guessing Sagittarius. What is it actually? So I don't know the, I just know my son. I don't know like the rise. Cool. I don't know. That's cool. So my birthday just was October 28th. Oh, so Scorpio. Scorpio. I, was I burn pretty hard. I burn bright that way. So this time of year is usually challenging for me. I think because it's going into winter anyway. So there's that tendency to, but I was wondering, because it's my birth sign as well, like moving into this, I feel very scorpion like <laughs> it's well, the time of year where all of the it all comes out for me, you know, so there's some interesting scorpion stories in the news, like a plague of scorpions in Egypt, in Egypt. I saw that. And uh, there's that. some like new national de cyber defense initiative system they just announced called like Scorpius or something. But that's well, an interesting I, what I liked about. Is... Oh, you go ahead and oh. then I'll see what I was going to say. Just the Egypt thing was that the scorpion as a water sign, right? They said that because of the flooding, 500 people were hospitalized by poisonous, you know, scorpion stings that flooded into their homes. But just the fact that the scorpion came through the water, too, I thought it was pretty on the nose. Yeah, pretty symbolic. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I associate that sign with purity or toxicity in the, the negative polarity. So I find that mm -hmm. to be a really interesting sun sign for you and makes total sense with your journey through Lyme disease, because to get past that, it wasn't really about curing Lyme. As I recall, it was about making your body whole again so that it could just yeah. deal with whatever. Mm -hmm. Same, same yeah. here. Um, Keith, I had a brain tumor and um, I was having seizures at night and all sorts of terrible, terrible things. And, and I essentially kind of did the same thing, you know, diet and meditation and Qigong, like, like doing real, like authentic uh, healing meditation and like just digging into that hardcore. Like I, it's been three years. Wow. That's awesome. And I haven't had seizures. I lost 90 pounds. Like, wow. and I wasn't, I wasn't trying, but that was the thing is I wasn't trying to lose weight. Same with me. I wasn't trying to, I was just trying to, actually, I was just trying to think again because my brain yeah. was so just mush that I was just doing anything I could to fill that back up. And then what did you do dietarily? What did you, what change did you make? Um, I did, um, no carb, high fat at first. First yeah. I did, mm -hmm. I did a, a good three day fast, went hard into no carb, high fat, um, and a mix of, of, uh, you know, dark leafy greens and nuts and whatever, you know, meat right. Get, and completely getting good food, you know? Just getting yeah. grass, truly grass-fed beef or truly grass-fed butter and using the hell out of it. And it made a huge difference immediately. Yeah, immediately you said, right? I think you're yeah. kind of breaking up. Yeah, immediately. Like within a month, I was off off like yeah. starting getting off psych meds and all, Ooh, all sorts of things. That's amazing. Like everything was I fun. had a, a similar experience. I switched to carnivore 
with, with the lime and I, I still basically do that, but I, I found that during the Corona times, I was started emotionally eating again. And I just been watching mm. myself, those things creep back from, and then life seems to be that constant interplay of adjusting those things without becoming too lax or too, you know, <laughs> obsessive. Yeah. To oneself. Yeah. Keep going, oh, guys. Wow, I like you guys talking. I want I want more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you were breaking up. I couldn't really hear that. It's getting so what would you what would you think? So in that path, your your healing path, what do you think helped you the most to get off of everything? Was it like a rebellious spirit? Was it hmm? Um was yeah, it, where did the will like love for come your family from? or yeah oh interesting yeah so what i found i i put i've thought about this in this way that i knew that i was in a very bad state but that i wouldn't quit so that doesn't mean i'm the quickest to change <laughs> you know like my change Ooh. is still slow and i'm resistant in a way but i understood that i wouldn't just lay down and be, give up so that was a, a huge relief, really, because I don't, who knows, until you're in a situation, how you're going to um, react to it. Um, so I had, yeah, I'd say that there were so many things, my wife, my family, like those things come first that enabled me the, the space to heal. But I think the thing, no matter what, no matter what I would name, comes under the umbrella of my intent of um healing so like i was in the the frame of mind where i i did a lot of standing qigong but my knees were so shot from lime and um that i couldn't stand anymore so i mean i was using a cane i was like 90 years old mm. um but my reaction which surprised me was in that moment was oh i'm gonna get really good at seated meditation now because i can't stand anymore so i was like okay if that's my attitude that's gonna carry me somewhere i knew that you know um, and then to be laid out, I was in bed for like two years. So it was pretty significant, um, to take that opportunity to be like, all right, you put yourself here. Um, in, in some sense I did, no matter what, uh, manifestation the ailment takes in the end, you know, my immune system or whatever, the reason I got so sick and fell apart, you know, I, I put myself there in that sense. So to just be willing so yeah, there's that will again. And where do you get that? Because then I, I also was laying there thinking, well, why can't I get more will than this? Like, <laughs> I want to up the will, but I can feel myself slipping from the, from the next rung of the ladder, you know, like mm. as, as you, I keep walking that path and then having to get back up. And then I'm like, oh, I got it now. Now I totally got this. You know, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And then I do. And then it it's compounded because now I know I'm conscious of it. So it's, it's a, a tricky, there's a second time I did that. The trunk, uh, trunk talking about enlightenment saying like, it's not some airy, beautiful experience of things. It's being able to withstand a needle in the eye. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so we, I think there's a sort of romanticism to undoing one's 
ego in the sense of just caring more for everything else except me. <laughs> like that's that's the goal, right? Like I, I'm included in that, but to not put myself first in every thought of every moment really? as I do. And and that's the fault of like watching the flaccid dick stuff tonight. I'm like, wow, I'm pretty obsessed with myself. That's <laughs> you know, like I haven't watched it at all. And to like watch you play it for me, I'm like, I like this stuff, I do, but I'm a little wrapped, you know, up. So so I'm saying, Dude, like, to be I'm able a to podcast like, oh, host, imagine, <laughs> imagine how self obsessed. It's hard. We get. I know. It's really hard. It's hard. I've, I've been trying to uh, record my meditation, my desert walks, you know, and and uh, I keep having to go back. I'm like, oh, I do not want to say that. I do not want to yeah. say that. I do not want to say that because, like, you know, I'm out there as this is my walking meditation. I uh, this is where I process the shit of the day, you know, and. So like, it, that's my practice kind of to be alone on purpose. And now I'm like yeah. trying to convey shit to people as I'm doing it. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Hey, do you go to Bookman's in Tucson? Funny you should do ask. You know that spot? Say that. Yeah, my, my daughter, my stepdad used to work there. Oh, cool. My daughter had an interview there just this week too. Oh, that's sweet. I have some friends in Tucson, so that bookstore, that chain or whatever is great. I love it. Yeah. It's got they, all the good stuff, good prices. I'm for it. They were great because it was, you know, you'd bring in all your old stuff and get all sorts of new ones. And yep. I've I have this treasure trove of mystic books that was left over from my father-in-law when mm. uh he would just peruse bookmans for months and months and just the spiritual oh that'd be cool oh that'd be cool i wonder what that it's like a fantasy bookstore um fantasy meaning like of our dreams you know that has really cheap good books comics video game stuff trade-in stuff but it's just got a good vibe too so i'm a big i'm gonna come out and see you soon gordy i don't know how soon but i want to travel Come on. Yeah, and then come through to us. It's not that far. We go, you know, it's like five hours or something, I think, from Tucson to Joshua Tree. But we do it because we got friends there. So, yeah, I just need to bank like a month of podcasts and put Vibrant yeah. on hold for a month and just go for a trip because it'd be worth it. So many cool things could be harvested out of an adventure like that. Yeah. Deserts are the We're- the best. Like dry warmth is my jam. And around here, I'm swimming when I go out my front door. Not that I dislike yeah. my area. But that weather, I know, man, it's what drove us he- me here to the desert to fully heal. Like there was a time where I thought I was fully recovered. And then I'd go to another climate. I'm like, oh, maybe not yet. <laughs> but it's just so perfect with the dry heat. I mean, it's there are so many people that are in the desert for that reason, you know. Oh, I, for the longest time, I don't think I could live anywhere else. Like, uh, I, I rehabbed in, in Houston for 30 days. I thought I was going to die. Oh my God. Yeah. That yep. humidity is ridiculous. I, I don't can't. understand. I can't. I know. Desert rat. And Chance, you were saying how you, you sweat to detoxify. Like, I am not comfortable if I'm not sweating. If I don't have a good little layer of, of, of sweat on me. I'm not comfortable. I can't sleep. Well, think about this. I just mm. occurred to me in our temperature controlled world, right? Where the goal is to never break a sweat and cover your armpits with aluminum to, <laughs> <and all this. laughs> to prevent that. 
but I, I mean, I just can't help but think of anything outside of the terms of electricity. Now it's all electric and your mm -hmm. sweat is salty and the salt is actually what is the conductor of electricity. So in terms mm. of, of gaining more electrical sensitivity to not just the outer world and the reality on a, you know, sixth sense, more connected, more intuition sense, but it's also your own field, your own bubble space that you're maybe projecting more strongly or could somehow be more cohesive if you had that nice layer of the salt crystals of sweat on your skin. Mm. I'm just thinking out loud, but that would make sense that it would naturally, because you, Gordy, what I've gleaned from what you share and the natural and intuitive way that you've developed in, in energy practice and body practice that whatever you say is like, this just feels better. Or I don't feel comfortable without this. Uh, like I sang to my dinner when I was cooking it tonight because of you. And that, it, it was delicious. <laughs> nice. You know, like I trust you, your judgment. Man. So whenever you say like, I, I like to be I sweaty. To my dinner. I like something that. to that. Yeah, oh, I do it all the time. I'm so glad you brought up salt because I've been doing this thing because I really have been trying to do my cooking as as a flow practice, a meditation practice, right? And so I do. I I I sing to my food and I'm, all my recipes. I'm going to put a accompanying song because you should sing to your food because when you're singing something decent, you're not going to be putting out bad vibes. Your cheese is going to be better, and you're which is going to make that thing better for you the crystals in whatever it is it blesses the water that's why i sing yeah. i sing in the morning when i make coffee and i put tons of of cocoa and and whatever whatever speaks to me that day like lately i've been craving um cayenne pepper and chili and garlic and i realized this week is because i was having a little some intestinal things and joint things like, Oh, of course, those are the yeah. things that for anti-inflammatory and, and gut health. So if you listen to your body, it'll tell you what you need when you're, when you're cooking in flow, it'll tell you what you're, what you're craving. You're not just looking in the refrigerator to, for something to fill a hole. It's such a foreign concept for us. I know that, like in the Greek mystery schools, they'd say once you reach that level of enlightenment, that you'd be able to just pick up an instrument that you don't know how to play and you could play it. And I've had experiences, moments of that, that, that it's I've not something learned. It's not learned, right? Yeah, it's, it's that you are um, aligned and then you can do whatever. <laughs> it's, you know, it's pretty... I've seen crazy works on, on LSD teach themselves to do something in two hours that other people take five years to get to that level. Yeah. Not endorsing yeah, so you to go out and do LSD. I'm just saying, I have seen this happen before and it's like, they did, no, it's, it's, it's real ways of getting out of, out of the way of the conscious self. Right. So. And well, when we talk about something that is a skilled based flow state, there is a, it's actually a frequency like anything else, because everything's a frequency. It's a movement. It's a way you're oscillating. And thus, as a movement, it is a frequency, period. So yeah, what I've witnessed, I've brought this up before, but I, I love this as an example. When I first started going to music festivals, there were some girls at the festivals and a couple guys, but mostly females that were hula hooping. 
and they were very good. Right. And it was like, wow, this is impressive. And then within five years, there there were 10 times more girls hula hooping and their skill level collectively was through the roof compared to just five years before. And what I noticed was that new people who picked it up, picked up the hula hoop for the first time, caught up to where the collective was in a few months where the people who were innovating it five years before are also at the same level of the wave that the collective is at. Yeah. So it's like there are neural pathways that are also uh, synchromistic pathways or, or etheric pathways. Synchromistic. They're etheric pathways that resemble a mine, like a tunnel. And there's people digging at the edge of that tunnel, just like, you know, every Olympic, someone breaks an unbeatable record. They're digging at the and end. And then of everybody tunnel, can do it. Yeah. And anyone who enters the tunnel can like, they still have to travel through the tunnel, but instead of digging through it, they just can jog till they get to where everyone else is at, at the wall. And this because is what we some... are as human beings as in the larger sense, why there's more than one of us instead of just like the singular omni consciousness, God, why we would want to split is because by splitting, it's, it's not really splitting. It's, it's like mitosis is multiplication. And each one of us has a full 100% undivided awareness that we could put towards something that it expands the reality. Like we, we chain, we build like a web across the chasm of the abyss hmm. through generations. Oh, yeah. It's really amazing. And then that's like, that's what keeps us from feeling like we're falling through the, the in, endless void. That's why there's a, that's what real culture nothing. is, right? That's real culture there. Exactly. It even resembles a, a Petri dish culture, what I'm describing. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. The mm. tree. Dendrites. Yeah. Anyway, that was my vibrant of the night. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Sounds good to me. Yeah, two girls on LSD speaking in ancient German dialect they had never been exposed to before. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Hundredth <laughs> monkey kind of shit. Yeah, that is another example of what I'm talking about. Morphogenic fields, Rupert yep. Sheldrake calls it. There you so, go. Keith, do you have a psychedelic? Did you toy with psychedelics at all? Oh, yeah. I played hardball. <laughs> <laughs> Home run. Yeah. More, but uh, <laughs> but yes because i found the more that i did i reached a point where it felt more like blinders in the sense that if i took mushrooms or lsd that it gave me a certain feel that i became accustomed to that i think i limited myself in there so or i got what i needed at the time so i haven't done too much although the most recent was pre-covid i saw somebody that had a dmt pen which was a vape pen, which was um, I was in a crowded place doing that, which was not optimal, but I didn't want to pass up the moment. So, um, but the yes, strikes, you can do it anywhere. That's the wild thing. But if you get in your head and you're like, oh, this is not a good environment, right? As you're doing it. Oh, no, it, I was like, luck. let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> did, yeah. But yeah. Did you just say, did you say, say when Shakti strikes? I when mean, Shakti strikes. That's what DMT is. Shakti is striking you with the lightning bolt. And in your external reality, it's coming through as the narrative that you're hitting a DMT pin, but actually you're getting taken up to the Godhead temporarily. It can happen with go. or without a psychedelic. But for a lot of us right now, in our limited example of what life could be, 
that's the only story that we can give ourselves to have that experience, but it's there. It's hmm. always right there. Yeah. And then I found from doing meditation retreats and that sort of thing, I did one where it was an, uh, you kept your eyes open for the whole weekend. So it was about expanding instead of inward outwardly into the room, into the world and all that. So at the end of it, I was totally straight, you know, just meditating for the weekend. I'm looking at the teacher up at the front by the shrine and the walls are all tripped out. Like when you're uh, hallucinating on acid and I was like, Oh, it literally is possible <laughs> just for meditating, like to have that same visual um, uh, trick that, or whatever experience that you have when you're tripping from just sitting there. Long yeah. enough. That's all yeah. it takes. Yeah. A three day fast and meditation like tripped me out. I had an out of body experience from fasting. Did you? Flying around my house, (laughs) looking down Uh, at myself. Yeah. That was spontaneous. It only happened once. I've never had one quite that defined, but it was at the end of a fast. Yep. Yeah. That's the interesting part about being that close, not to, you know, or being ill and being close to the next thing of death. Yeah. My experience of that was that all of the experience in the way I was feeling as difficult as it was, it felt natural and normal. I was like, Oh, you could do this. This is what people do. This is okay. So it's almost as if I'm in more tension post that than there was a certain acceptance of things. Um, And I don't know what's happening in the mind at that time, except it wasn't terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that in the terms of, of getting rid of the good evil paradigm of that mm. the yod and yeah. that symbol of the two converging at the 45 degree angle which is a nine into one and put that into context with how actually the closer you are to death the more alive you feel in some ways and maybe yes. there's a coming mode of consciousness for humanity or for some of us mm. where there's not life or death it's just what it is and we're both and neither and we can just drop that paradigm and, oh. and surf indefinitely. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up is the liminal spaces. You were talking about music and I've been talking about this and, and Cheney had brought it up again too, that, uh, you know, that Charles Mingus quote and Debussy quote that, that music is in the spaces mm, that the, yeah. it's between the notes mm-hmm. and that we should be looking in the liminal spaces and i was i've been kind what you of you got in your pocket yeah i mean it's all here dude it's all here whatever you want it it's i mean i don't i it's hard to convey that to anybody who hasn't had that kind of think about how magic works you write intentions down on a blank piece of paper you go to the empty and like you find what you're looking for in it. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Which is where God goes. Is. Yeah. 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 There's, I think it maybe it's in the Thomas Merton one, the way of Chuang Tzu, the introduction, yes. but it's talking about, that's my favorite. Um, it's talking about this. I think it's in that one, but it's saying basically, if you can read that way where you're reading the in-between, I was like, right away, I was like, thank you. You said summed up that flip of what um reading can do for you it's not that you're 
somebody's telling you consciously what's going on, but you're entering this opening to something bigger than that. And that's not even well said. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hope. I get it though. That, I get it because yeah. the, the, the words on the page, even if they've been translated three times or 10 times to different language, to different language, each successive generation of that creation is still the child of its parent and its parent. Right. If it was truly inspired divinely as a creation, the parent was purely source. So maybe yep. it gets diluted, but just like homeopathy, you can never really take the essence out of anything. Once that's got that essence, right. Essence is essence is all it ever was in the first place. And however much gross material there is surrounding that essence it just makes it that much more maybe of an alchemical process to get through to the essence. And that right. means even with the Bible translated to English, if you understand the alchemy in it, then you can get to the essence in it, even though it's not in the right language anymore or right. closer to the original transmission. Yep. Which is also a reason why people want Christianities to exist with the Latin uh, as a, as a more um, mantric language that was closer to the source. So it's an interesting perspective, like saying, no, we should keep the old language alive. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really um, the other site was, I no, I didn't mention that to you guys. The um, there's another site that has every English translation of, from the Tao Te Ching. Um, and it, it's a comparison chart just going across and you can read each chapter in all the translations, which is really cool to look at um, for, for that very reason to be like, what is the source that's coming through all of the translations? And then what is the other interpretation that's giving it a little flavor that you didn't really consider before that's coming at you in a new way, you know? So it's interesting, like to think and talk all this way, but I noticed in myself, like I do that and I have practices, all that stuff, but yet, some of it is automatic and robotic in the sense like, why am I not reading to my ancestors and to my dead friends? Like, why is it like, I know that's a real thing or that's my belief in my experience. <laughs> like, why am I not, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I have been, but it's something that I have to have practices. It's not automatic yet. This true belief you know, um, in, in what's going on. And we're kind of, we're talking about that chance what, with what you were I'm dancing around something I'm trying to verbalize, but the reason that we're not, that we the reason don't that I'm with both feet. Yes. But there's some sort of lack of belief in me mm -hmm. that leaves me in the state that I'm in unfulfilled, but that's because of what's happening in me, not, anything other than that right wouldn't that be so to go back everything's to the, perfect in that sense the beginning of the live chat the first thing said in the live chat was by you and you said something like what is it happiness what oh happiness is not pursuing happiness yeah knowing That's instead of my, believing being it yeah thinking it all of that and yeah, exactly. Not even formalizing it as a thought to realize, you know, not even coming up with that problem to solve. <laughs> so I want to ask That's, the people. That the, seems to be the gist of it. I want to ask the people in the chats if they have any questions they want us to get to. 
I'm going to otherwise start moving us towards the uh, goalpost because we're through the two hour line and I'd rather just do another one to go on. <laughs> Although, I, I mean, I like going on. We can go for a while, but I want to maybe like make the intention of sort of wrapping up and closing thoughts. So if you guys have any questions that you want to riff off each other, Gordy and Keith, go for it. I'm not like actually putting a kibosh on it, just respecting that that was the original agreement with Keith and we can keep going. Yeah, sure, man. That sounds good. Yeah, whatever. I'm down. So, yeah. It's always tough. I'm like, do I? I don't want to end it, but like that's kind of the format. But also, why have a format that's like <laughs> these are you well, I get it. I, chance I, persona. I'm down out. for talking more if you want to keep going. So that's up to you. But if you want to call it, you can call it. No, no worries. Well, Conrad yes. wants to know what's your best motivator. <laughs> the wind in my sails. That's the answer. <laughs> Giving up. I don't, I don't use motors. I'm not super motivated. That's a weird. What motivates me? Well, think about that word though. It has, this is not to call out Conrad, but it's like motor is a combustion engine, right? Versus sailing. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way I answer that question. Yeah, interesting. That's the will stuff again, maybe. Yeah, flow state versus force uh, using the force being a part of the force instead of trying to wield the force light side dark side type stuff yeah i'm really i'm still thinking about this question about what motivates me jeez elise that's a t- <laughs> that's a tough one what motivates i mean i know how i live and from an early age being into drawing and music and stuff like that i have a certain way I walk around and what I have with me that it lends itself to being in a state of creating pretty much all the time. So it doesn't take much motivation from there. (laughs) Maybe that's where the motivation was initially, but it's already in gear. That's just how I am and think. So something's going to come of it. Um, But by having, you know, carrying a book or with me and, mishearing what people say or writing down, you know, playing with language and all of those things as a practice manifests in um, work eventually. What do you think, Gordy? You got any thoughts on motivation? Hmm. Perfect understanding. <laughs> I was my, thinking you were going to say movie. clarity. Clear. <laughs> yeah. Reading. That was the word buzzing into my head is clear, clear. Yeah. Because you were talking about yeah. how you weren't even intending to lose the weight, right? You just wanted to be able to think again. Mm-hmm. But yep. thinking, when you break it down, is just your a form of sensory communication like anything else. It's an interface to the isness. So to be able to think clearly again is sort of the base of all other forms of feeling, even if you're doing it without consciously and putting thoughts overlaid it's through the same operating system that you're getting sense of feeling if that makes sense it's internal yeah well i think you you gain a different understanding when uh, i should probably think (laughs) i should think about what i say before i say this um (laughs) should you no i almost never knew <laughs> seems to work out so far. <laughs> the only time I think before I speak is when my brain's like thinking of what I should say instead of listening to somebody else. But I, I see you. 
No, I'm, I'm not, trying to I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, no, I'm trying to get to that flow state to let it speak through me. You know, like that's the that's the understanding is to understand that that to get yourself out of the way so that spirit can like your true self can speak. It's because it's paradoxical because when you're when you're there, you're not getting yourself out of the way anymore. There's no doing that. But when you're not doing that, you're like, how do I do that? <laughs> right. It's paradox. That's the liminal space. It's the cat that's dead and alive at the same time. It has. Yeah. It's a binary with an indeterminate value. You're the line in between the binary, so it's trinary. You're the line in the it's, middle of the yin yang, not the the white or the black. Right. It's the nibbles. The, the center line. Yeah, it's I mean, what you're saying, Gordy, reminds me when I look up into space, and what I think is not there's nothing between us and the moon but that's infinite potential the pregnant potential of everything and that misinterpretation or that yeah is what misaligns me from uh, that i don't get reality <laughs> because everything mm -hmm. is here concurrently mm -hmm. at once happening mm -hmm. but i i see empty i not emptiness i see nothing and not in the positive nothing <laughs> I, it doesn't register that's what i'm trying to say um, and that's on us to not be able to perceive the the larger implications. And that nothing, though, between you and the moon is totally, like you said, pregnant because there are different perception bandwidths that we can access with technology, oddly enough, that show you all kinds of like weird electric snake seraphim beings up there. Well, I don't remember the name of the yeah. telescope that that came up on the vibrant with Jim with the like lenses facing each other where they're seeing like reality and it's negative at the same time. <laughs> I'm not wow. getting that incorrect, but <laughs> that there's a, there's an ecosystem, even in that emptiness, it's just empty from our vantage, but right. Emptiness is always is subjective, like everything else. So there's like the, <laughs> the atom is technically empty as well. It's, it's yeah. very weird. Yeah, we're in this liminal zone hardcore right now. Santilli like is what to that's Jim the said sweet is spot. the name of the the uh, the telescope. Ex maybe explain in like I'm two in a sentence what makes it work, why it does what it does, just because that's a really interesting point to point out to people. And another question that's in the chat from Nova. People say this to me all the time, by the way. I am trying to pick a correct time to rewatch being there. Do you feel any connection to that movie? And I've never seen that movie, but it gets brought up to me like every two months. Someone asked me there. What is that one? Being there. Yeah. Someone looked that up for I us. Like I get asked that all the time. Hmm. Is that because the character, is that the one with the character that's named like Chauncey Gardner or something? Is that why you're bringing that up? Let's see. Peter Sellers. No. Oh, it's a Peter's. Well, that is a Peter Sellers one, but I don't know if I know this movie. I don't know if we're talking about the same one. Shirley MacLaine and Peter Sellers. Thoth Mark says there's no true void in space. The void has no space. So the void has no space. The Tao that can be named is not the Tao. Even what we think that we perceive as the void isn't the void because it's in space. Dude, so what's trippy. the problem I find like without talking about money, the capitalist side of art is that problem. So 
the criticism would be that we develop our personalities, the ego, to do well in this space at the neglect of that unfolding of art through you for the reason of expressing it for itself. That's enough <laughs> in and of itself. So those are, that's sort of my um, trouble moving in the, in this world and even the motivation for making work. So back to that question of what motivates me, I think frustration, that's the answer mm -hmm. that comes mm -hmm. is that I'll realize if I'm out of whack, something needs to be, fixed or worked on and it could be painting like literally that way or in my, my body so yeah frustration is an indicator and a motivator hmm. it's very yang <laughs> for the frustration be the motivator. That, right? it comes yeah, it comes through and <laughs> flaccid for sure he seems yes he seems frustrated <laughs> well you said that about me even before the first time we talked about being totally yang you know i was like yeah i guess i am yeah, got to figure it, it all out. In, does it come in anger? Oh, what? A yanger? The, the, <laughs> this one's been a banger. Yeah. It's been a good episode. <laughs> I like that better. I was going to say anger. Does it come out in anger? Anger. Do I have anger? Does it Does it come out in your art, the anger? Oh, is there? Uh, it was breaking up again. When you're saying, is there anger in the art? Does it come from? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. like i i felt that especially the pandemic time like oh my feelings at 13 of like a punk rock attitude are still there like that's not mm -hmm. it's and and i was right <laughs> mm -hmm. like, like that's how i feel about it right because maybe i'm nuanced punk, but on the right track heroes like have, have pushed out and like are playing the system being played by the system like where where was your punk rock ethos when we were growing up? Like all, all the fake punks are, taking the real cowpokes. I'm like, wow, we're not the posers. You were the, all these jackasses that were telling Rage us with the we machine. Were fuck them, fuck them, <laughs> man. Hey, so I want to play another flaccid thing on yes, Instagram because we've been getting we were getting so close to the monochord there. Let's to the which one? The monochord. I want to play this uh -huh. one where you're talking about the alphabet. Oh, good. I was thinking about that one. Yeah, yeah. Check yeah, that. this one was on my list. Okay, the sound is on. Um, making sure. All right, here we go. This one's like a minute okay, and a half. Okay, I'm gonna school. Okay, go ahead. Story time. Right away. The alphabet is both esoteric and exciting. We love, no, we all love hearing it. Yeah, no, and explain away. Go ahead, please. Okay, so God, I, is first, right? So we begin with A. Why is that? Didn't me. Oh, I just thought it went A, B, C, D. Uh, right? Then remember, you don't know what you're talking about. You look for real, for real? For real, for real. When the one is divided into two, you see the I split. Into an upside down V. I'll teach you your language, fool. The V tethers the polarity. Many times, one leg is thicker. Hey, is that it was an ox or a house? <laughs> yeah, no, it goes way deeper than that. Whoa, 
so it's telling the whole story of the birth of creation? Take a peek. Couple peeks. So you're telling me this sacred tool? I'm I'm gonna go and sleep better now. A B C D. Okay, I'm gonna scoop. I like that one. I never thought about the A as a split eye bridging the polarities and see that's some great little mystery cool mystery school cool and he looked like yeah. slit or um flaccid looks like a sasquatch to me in that one <laughs> that's good i mean that's important <laughs> like sasquatch is important to me not that i intended him to look like uh flaccid dick but just that concept like going back to that pregnantness in things like cryptoids i have to keep room for them like it, it's a weird idea to put something in that category like bigfoot and to build up an idea that that's ridiculous when we discover things all the time <laughs> new species or whatever and it's plausible that bigfoot exists so just that idea of bigfoot i gotta rep it for him to hold that mind space you know to hold that possibility keith do you know about the triops I was thinking that too, man. The tri the triops? Okay, so in the desert, we've had the, you know, we've had the largest monsoon we've had in, on record, right? Because we've had so much uh, rain that we had triops show up in our pools in the, here we go, these things. In just... Try in the desert. So the, these were eggs that were in the the soil uh, for some uh -huh. for they can be dormant for decades. And these have been coming up, came back this year because the monsoons were so wow. strong. It woke up all these three-eyed, this is why they call them triops. Three-eyed right. little species that shown up in the desert down here. I mean, that is just so symbolic. That is wild. The three-eyed, you're saying? Three-eyed. I mean, that's super symbolic. But to me, yeah, why sure. that's so relative to relevant to Sasquatch is just because I personally am open to the idea that extinction is just a narrowing of our perceptual bandwidth. <laughs> and it manifests in the physical world as destructive cycles, but that the regeneration in nature is intrinsically linked to our increasing of sensitivity of truth to truth and self. If that is, if that How so? Sense. That the outer world will regenerate to the degree that we become the phoenix in our own self, like rebirth, a truer awareness of who and what we are outside of personas outside of the culture the alchemical the enlightenment destructive process the removing of the <laughs> the squishy layer of armor that keeps us from capital r reality that that process in our right, self layer that process healing that will actually heal the world literally and even bring a wider range of possibility to life forms and how life force energy can manifest 
just like, okay, to put it simpler, they used to believe that if you left rotting or left meat out to rot, that the maggots were just appearing out of thin air in the meat. If that, right. if that was like a belief. And I'm not saying it's exactly like that, but I am saying that maybe there's like the whole idea of what the telescope can see that we brought up, you know, what else is dormant in the sense that it's just sleep. It's on the part of ourself that's asleep waiting for right. us to wake up to it again. And then it'll be there in the, the world again, which means that's, that all of the I... clowning from the crown about how like you naughty, naughty people, you're destroying the earth with all of your horrible, horrible gassiness. And <laughs> that, that is all just like that. All that programming is to keep people asleep to a wider possibility of life and potential of life. And that it was the, it's really the belief that the world can be, destroyed by us or that we could end life which is eternal life force energy yeah right you can't end that it's uh right that's the that's why the crown is a clown to go full circle here they're literally pranking us it's not even possible they're <laughs> what it is the worldview that they poison people with is is the impossible because it limits the infinite yes and makes them the ones in power essential <laughs> so that's the the old the old gimmick right you know like of needing protection in your town and you got to pay the people to protect you and they're the ones you got to worry about so yeah it's, that's yeah a, <laughs> it sounds like the yeah. industry you didn't hear me <laughs> say that youtube gordy knows what i'm talking about yeah i do yes i do is that a mic drop or we keep going, guys? You tell me. I want to know your thoughts. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep rambling. I'm good for a little bit, man. If you, you know, you, you like I said, you can let me know. I'm, I can go a little more if you want to uh, so talk about got room it. for it's another caller, to too, guys. Keith, can I ask you about your experience with the medical system with your Lyme disease? Oh, yeah. It's put a damper on things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're just having fun. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it was eye-opening because the the uh, it's one thing if the response from doctors was, "Hey, we don't know what's going on, um, and we're doing our best," but that was not how they treat people with Lyme. It's 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 um, defensive and it's confrontational, and I was faced with people laughing at me <laughs> and like like just stuff that you're like, what. You know, as the medical system has changed too to go through it that way, where you can't even, you you feel like the guys, you know, the doctors looking at their their watch as soon as you, they walk in the door. Um, mm -hmm. So it was challenging to find. I found an osteopath that would sit with me and talk about everything, um, and then write prescriptions if I needed it. But yeah, it was very disheartening. So basically, I found a. Um, like a rebel doctor who would, who would work with me, who wasn't cool himself. Um, <laughs> but my wife and I self-diagnosed, we figured out what was going on and got him to give me scripts to help. Um, but no, it wasn't a positive experience. And, you know, if I need to have surgery or something since then I had knee surgery too, and that was a good experience. Um, but I would just be selective with, <laughs> you know, um, well, not selective, but to just take it with a grain of salt after my experience, I couldn't, you know, it wasn't, like I said, I had 
some good experience with particular people, but overall, like there's a vibe um, mm-hmm. of of defense and aggression coming from the medical community. So that mm-hmm. that you know certainly colored my feeling about it. I Especially want to so shout out know. to your wife Jen too for being probably such a hero for you at that time. That's your wife's name, right? Keith. What? What's your wife's Wait, name? You were cutting out there. I'm having a Jen. Yeah, I want to shout her out because you mentioned in the the episode we did in 2019 how she took over the research into Lyme for you so that you wouldn't have to like go through all of the because that's part of the WebMD culture, hypochondriac uh, things are always it's worse crazy. on paper. And Anyways, it's controversial because this. Yeah. So yeah, she, she saved me from that for sure. Um, she saved me from, from a lot of things in that situation, but um, that being one, like to not add that stress of having to research all of this, you know, it's like today when you're trying to figure something you're like, Oh my God, there's every opinion out there and, and everybody's shouting at me. So I don't, <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, um, so how about you? What was your experience like? Oh, it was horrendous. You know, a thousand yeah. specialists and and a thousand prescriptions to go with each one. You know, it was ridiculous. And mm. and nobody knew You anything. walked away from all of that not good medicine. So I'm just pulling random yeah. cards while you talk. <laughs> no, it was it was ridiculous. I, I think about it a lot. Nice. That's good. That uh even even this summer. I had, I haven't been at, back to any of those doctors. I've been maybe, I don't know, two, in almost three years. I went back mm. once to sh- to rub it in one uh, endocrinologist's face because I wanted to know my my levels and everything. And I went in, got got my uh, lab work, and she's like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Not you." That's what I'm doing. <laughs> like whatever, whatever they were saying, I was going against that and it was working. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. Conrad asked if we've heard of Brown's gas. That's actually going to come up in a future episode with uh, George Weissman. That'll be, I think, in January. So sit tight. Yeah, there's also there's a few questions about Lyme from the chatters. I figured maybe we'd have to go here. <laughs> Illuminati wanted to know if you thought they came from deer ticks. Uh, that's, you know, you are right next to Fort Detrick, where all kinds of wacky stuff seems to happen to people whenever you got it. So what do you think? That came through kind of really convoluted, but um, not because of what you said, because it got crunched up. Um, but you're asking about Lyme disease coming from deer ticks? Fort, Fort Detrick? I mean, deer tick? <laughs> well, remember when we spoke about it last time, Chance, you asked me about that, like uh, Plum Island yep. and all that stuff. And That's what Illuminati my reaction. What's that? That's what a, a chatter wanted to know. I The way that I take it is like, it's sort of, it doesn't matter to me. Because it's like when you're on fire, you just put the fire out. <laughs> it doesn't matter who started it in that moment, you know, like, um, so that was, I, and I can get conspiratorial about stuff all day long. So, 
but that was not even near my mind dealing with it. It was just a lot more close to home. Um, yeah. And that's such a good perspective. Just put the fire out because I mean, why would it matter how you got on fire in the moment when you're on fire? And also if you, you probably in some way, if all is self, you stepped into that burning bush, set yourself on fire, even if it's, you know, blaming things on an external boogeyman. There is not a lot of use in that when you're actually needing the healing, but right. as a topic of investigation to maybe like prevent other people from catching on fire, like after you're out of the fire to find out how you got there could be useful. Yes. But it's also very speculative because I mean, we're in a, a whole new world two years out from cooties where I'm no longer even yeah. accepting them the paradigms of disease that were originally entrained into us. I don't know what, how things work now, but I'm more on the, I'm more on the side of that. Everything is some kind of like nutritional deficiency or uh, engineered toxicity rather than there really being these things out there in the world called <laughs> that we call bugs that could, that nature made just to fuck us up. Like that doesn't seem as, as plausible anymore hmm. yeah that, that when that does happen it, it moves to a population because of that population all sharing some kind of deficiency as a group or multiple deficiencies but these are just possibilities i'm just open to new possibilities about disease in the first place and how you got better was through like radically strengthening your body not through finding the way to kill the bug so that all makes right. sense but I, it did help me with keeping a perspective of uh, assuming that I'm always under attack by something <laughs> mm -hmm. like for real, you know, like, mm -hmm. and not yeah. to, in a paranoid way, but to, to realize like there are things microscopically all over me that could be causing me damage right now. And I, you know, and that's what we're dealing. That's what reality is. So we have a weird, um, everything's food for something. Misunderstanding. <laughs> of that. What's that? Every, everything's food for something. Life eats life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a tough I, one. I've been thinking about that um that kind of idea of what of letting that part go. You know, of letting go that you know it, you're not going to be okay and that's okay too. Nobody and makes maybe, it out alive. Yeah, I mean we but uh it's also taking responsibility for that thing is how you get it started. You have to take responsibility for you. And that, that I think maybe, maybe that's the rebellious nature or. Go listen to the episode with Keith really good. Uh, when you can Gordy. Yeah. I got through, I got through half of it and I, I shared it late. Oh, you did get into yeah. it. Some cool. Yeah, it's a really good I, one. It's a gym in the archives. I'm telling everyone, check it out. But so you got, you got uh, a lot stronger this year because of that. Keith, um, I Seems came like out. I was on fire, man. I yeah. I, the last two years have been good. I mean, I was playing shows again, and I don't know if we talked about that at all. That was probably you were about to start again. Yeah, just and I got to, and my bit. energy was through the roof. I've gotten a little bit less. Like I, I feel the pandemic has played its toll. Has had its toll too. Um, so just I'd in like, like the change of energetic. opportunities work. Yeah. yeah and, and questioning what is the fabric. So like, 
it's interesting. I always assumed as I'm working on myself, this volatile person, that there's a, there's a continuity to the outside world that you could count on. And that was my mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not, you know, that's, you can't count on that. So it's a strange thing to finally have things kind of come together for myself and family and all of that. And then the world is like this wild place now. Um, but that's, you know, what you learn to ride. That's, that's it. Uh, to what end too? It's like, for what purpose? Um because it's infinity and it it's frustrating that there's a monolithic answer from the culture of what that answer should be. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we're in infinity. Can we remember that? I, it's like when I talk to mm-hmm. a friend who's, who's become a devout Catholic, wasn't even raised in that, but became that chose that. Um, and to talk to somebody who's playing just for one team in that way, I just like to tell him, hey, this is really infinity. If that's the path you choose, that's great. Walk it. But if you're thinking you're right, that's a weird, (laughs) some kind of weird thinking. I don't, I don't relate to that. Like, what do you need to win for? Make up your reality, walk it forever. And you can follow a path that all these other amazing people have walked before you and they've laid it for you. You can do it. This is a thing that a lot of healing arts people, I don't know. If I've heard many people say this or they're reluctant to say it, but energy work or energy healing is really similar to creativity because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you can never be a hundred percent sure if it's something that came through you and was like, quote unquote, real, or if you made it up. Right. And that's like, I'm making it up as I go. And that's, that's just a fact of life. And if we all recognize that we can make up a game called I win, you win instead of I'm right. Yeah, and mine was right. And yours was the fake one. Right. And there's going to be some, it's not like everything is relative either. You know, there's a real, there is, we're talking existence. about in our path we're, yeah, there's an actual existence, a shared perceptual experience of reality, shared energy. What I do that makes someone feel some type of way. They really did feel that way, but Mm -hmm. there's also on a layer on top of that. It's like predetermination, predestination and free will. There's a layer on top of that actual feeling that was created and existed of the story where someone, someone you punch them and they're like, ah, why did you do that? I'm so sad you did that. And then somebody else would be like, hit me again. Yeah. Mm." And they'd be all stoked about it. So there's still, it's the same feeling. It's really weird. Mm. It's really weird. Mm. So I like to play I win, you win. I think that's the direction of the age of Aquarius. And yes. uh, there's a lot more freedom. With Inclusiveness, that. for sure. And revealing what's been hidden more, you know, I think. And the internet has to do with that as well. Just people being able to share and and, and talk about stuff that um, wasn't, you were, it wasn't a thing before as, as readily available, you know? <laughs> Like people are, are are spreading some pretty wild esoteric ideas. Um, and there are problems with that too. Like if it's a new agey sort of thing and there's difficult, there could be potential problems with that, but just that there's an interest and um, hunger is really the word. Yeah. And a lot of, to a figure lot of teachers, out, 
how to navigate this world in this time, you know? A lot of us even got on the stage for to some degree because we felt like we were lacking attention. Like, as a in a weird, trippy sense, we were creating a story or a way where we had to pay more attention to ourselves. <laughs> to yeah, to force yourself to deal with it because to you force put yourself, yourself to have self awareness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I hear that. It's a it's a real thing. So it comes from a place of like a lot of people will get stuck in there and not be ready to change though. And then they're the teacher who is uh, teaching faking you what it. they don't that's... know yet. There's a difference between making it up and faking it. And that's another paradox. <laughs> yes, because, <laughs> because you what you're saying that. is really reality is made up. Mm -hmm. So it involves meaning it's a verb, right? It is the activity of yes. our experience. Yeah. And, and, and it's participation has uh, everything to do with it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to point to the, um, because scientists always say it's misunderstood, but the particle wave, you know, experiment, I know mm -hmm. physicists always say, Oh, the new age is with what you think, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there is like, if, as just a general criticism of science to say, okay, I get it. If you want to try to be objective, but if you're not considering yourself as part of the equation of what reality is, and like, that's your, exactly why, I don't why get would it there, what we're doing. <laughs> why would there be an observer effect provable by science themselves? Had it not be the exact, it's the observer effect. You're changing it as you, yes. because you are there. And that's how I understand it, or the tree falling in the woods. I mean, everything that is reality is because of our perceptual acuity. And you yeah. change that perception and you have a different reality. Or you add perception or take away perception. So that's like the aperture of the camera lens. Yeah. Or like you were saying, the microscope before, what's fascinating to me is whatever tool we create, we're going to find something we're looking for. That's endless. That's the mm -hmm. infinity. Like, because we're making it up and 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 we're not. <laughs> like when you were saying like there is a core existence of what's happening yet our interplay with that is is not um understood by us so it yeah. becomes very nebulous what is it's like your question is that art coming or are the ideas coming through or the inspiration or is it being generated or is it the same thing you know do you feel like you've channeled been like okay so when you're in flow in a group like I don't know if you've ever played jazz, but you know you know flow. You know when mm -hmm. you're in a you're in sync with a with other musicians, and it just happens. And somebody like pulls out some some sweet lick, and you're and everybody's like, "What?" Yeah. And everybody in there starts playing better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh, for performing music that became the the main thing is to be out of the way of myself in myself mm -hmm. so that I can do the job I'm supposed to do, which it always goes out of the way as soon as I think I'm doing good, <laughs> you know, or feeling cool about doing what I'm doing because when it's, when you can be in the room and let that come through what it, it's really just doing your job. And then the room becomes uh, something happens in there because of it, because mm -hmm. you allow it to come through that way. For me, um, actually feeling good doesn't get in the way, though. It feels good to be in that state. 
Oh, it feels great. What I mean, ego wise of being like, I'm, you know, giving a little bit, oh, I'm doing this. This is me doing this. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like, oh, look what's happening right now because of me, you know, like, and that instantly kills something. So I've been in that experience too. Um, But that becomes the, the point of playing live is to, especially with some of the performance stuff I would do. I'd love to go to a rock club and then just have a more performance art thing happen in that space because you're expecting one thing and all you have to do is shift it a little bit. And all of a sudden people are like, Whoa, that's, this is a rock club. What is going on right now? You're not just doing this and playing your thing. You something else happening. Um, That's a great place for that to happen. And just shifting it that little bit. It's like, I, I'm not shifting it a little bit with flaccid dick. I mean, that's real. I'm like turning it completely. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I was testing my parameters with that. Like, oh yeah, you want disgruntled punk rock 13 year old. Like I'll show you as far as I can go with it. You know what I mean? So it's, to me, it's pretty obnoxious in that way and satisfying. Like, okay, that's, I found my line. <laughs> well, we'll play us out in a minute with uh, Diet Kong. Like very very palatable and smooth (laughs) very well crafted and flowy at the same time (laughs) that sounds great man well it was awesome you should find him on spotify too because there is really some good stuff there you can sing along yeah it's definitely melodic stuff i i do like melody so check it out dude's a really good singer but yeah let's get some closing thoughts i think i'm ready to to make it happen sounds good Gordy, you got anything to to wrap up? Any loose chads you have? I'm looking up Diet Kong on my on Apple on Amazon Music. Oh, cool. Yes. Are we not? Oh, yes. So you are. know what, Gordy, you might want to check out. The, I, there's a bunch of albums. The, there's one called Then Came Seven. That's what we're which, gonna play the title track from. And this is what I wrote after dealing with Lime and all that stuff. It was that that uh, it's really a breakthrough album, like literally breakthrough album. For me, for sure. You can feel it's, uh, it. Yeah. So if you want to check one, I would recommend that. I'd say to start. Cool. So. What is it? What's it again? The then came album? seven. Then, then came seven. Yeah. And this is the title track. Oh, right on. Keith, it's been so fun to hang out. Yeah, it was great hanging out. And thanks yeah. to everybody in the chat, too. And Gordy, good meeting you, too, man. Yeah, it's good talking. Good to meet you, Keith. This was, yeah. this was fun. I was hoping Gordy would come on. So appreciate you here too, brother. And everybody in the chat, this has been an awesome one. I was excited all day for it and watching Keith's videos. And so we're going to play this. Then came seven. The reason I invited Keith on today is because it's 1117 and that's one, one, one and a seven, which if you multiply that's seven, 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 which is one of the lyrical concepts in this track. So yeah, (laughs) I wanted a hook to be a number. And that's what it was. And it's trying. Well, a seven is a hook if you flip it upside down. There you go. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, man. Much love. We'll have to have you back on maybe with the wig. Yeah. Maybe we'll do, you can hang out with Flaccid a little bit next time. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like have all the voice changers ready to go. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, we'll hang out in the chat while, uh, we play this song and thanks again, everybody. It's been super real. Hope you go follow Keith on YouTube or Spotify or Mason music. I will link the Spotify and YouTube in the chats while the song is going. So much love everybody. Thanks. And 
take care. Don't forget, guys. hit me up if you want sound healing sessions. Email me or message me on Telegram or Divination. Um, definitely got a little bit of time in the end of this week if anybody wants to fit one in. So yeah, bye bye everyone. <laughs> Thank you.